dissecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. Guys, 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 and gals, welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor of a church called Seattle Revival Center, author of a book called Pattern Interrupt. You can pick up yours at thepatterninterrupt.com or on Amazon, whatever your preference is, and founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. The purpose of this Ministry is to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening, is because it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, His will be done, established through your daily efforts, whether you're an IT guy or working at a public high school or if you're working at a church full time. You were born for such a time as this, created to reveal the glory and government of Christ Jesus on the earth. It's such an honor to have you listening today. Make sure that you connect with me. I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the Darren Stott. If you go to Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, I'm everywhere. You can find me at the same handle at all those locations. My handle, my name is at the Darren Stott. So make sure that you reach out, connect with me so that I can connect with you. I think that'd be amazing. Now, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes. I've created a link to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. So go to thedarrenshow.com, click subscribe. That'll keep all the weekly free, awesome content downloading onto your streaming device automatically. May it be your desktop, a laptop, a tablet, or a mobile device, or what other kind of freaky deaky thing that you're using to access the interweb. Whatever you're using, just make sure that you subscribe. That way you don't have to make the deliberate intentional effort each week to find the latest podcast and download it. It'll happen It'll happen for you. You set it and forget it. That's what I like to do, okay? Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Now, while you're there, make sure to leave a review takes just a minute or two. And when you do that, it actually helps iTunes algorithm detect that this iTunes is legit. It's like free promotion. Reviews are the word of mouth for podcasts. So again, take that one to two minutes and leave a review. One star means that you think this thing's kind of lame. Okay. Five stars means that you think this thing is off the chain and the whole world needs to know about it. All right. So again, take that minute or two to subscribe and leave a review, it's thedarrenshow.com. In fact, just hit pause and do it right now. That'd be mighty epic of you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Super excited. I'm super, I'm not just, I'm not just super excited. I'm like, I'm like super duper excited, you guys, about today's podcast. This will be the longest podcast that I have posted to date. This is a three hour podcast, okay, with Alex Kipp. Now, Alex Kipp was my special guest 
on the Supernaturalist radio show last week. Now, the radio show is on Seattle's Alternative Talk. This is not a Christian station. This is going out to spiritual seekers. And I interviewed Alex regarding his recent change of journey from going from the new age into becoming a born-again Christian. And so he shares his testimony, his testimony of salvation and deliverance. It's amazing. And if you listen to it, you'll you'll appreciate, I'm sure, his word choice and sensitivity to the market that that show goes out to. Now, I've included that show in the first hour of this podcast so that if you missed it, you didn't have to go out and find it. And also, if you didn't listen to it, that first hour is extremely important for you to get to know Alex, who he is, and his story before we go into the second and third hour. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Alex. You'll learn a little bit about this um, in the first hour of the show. Alex beat cancer. Yep, he was given a 15 to 30% chance of survival, and now he's in complete remission. He shares this story in the first uh, hour of this podcast. But now Alex is a professional speaker and singer. He's presented to such major corporations such as Wonderlust, United Healthcare, Nationwide Insurance, Plutonia, the University of Michigan, and more. He's been featured on PBS, NPR, The Huffington Post, Addicted to Success, and Lifehack. In addition, his iTunes podcast, Soul Feed, has touched over 1 million people around the world. When I was interviewing Alex last week, my friends and family were actually texting me questions that they wanted me to ask Alex. The only problem was we ran out of time. And so we scheduled an immediate follow-up interview. And I'm so appreciative to to Alex for for letting me take up so much of his time because like I said, we spent an additional two hours talking about meditation, transcendental meditation. We talk about psychedelic mysticism. We talk about Christ consciousness. Like what is that? What Like when people in the new age are referring to Christ consciousness, what are they talking about? We talk about yoga. Should Christians practice yoga? What's the origins of yoga? Um, I ask him about coming out of the closet (laughs) as a Christian and what his audience and tribe thought about his, you know, basically he he did this incredible podcast where his co-host interviewed him regarding his decision for Christ and asked him some very difficult questions. So I asked him as far as what the response of his tribe was to that podcast. And then we talk about hypnotism. Should a Christian be hypnotized? Can a Christian be a hypnotist? The science of hypnotism. And so um, we talk about that and, and so much more. You're going to really enjoy this. Um, so gosh, we got some listening to do. Without any further ado, (laughs) let's jump into this. It's all going down right here, right now, on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. No, what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way. How do you know? We are still alive. From Seattle, Washington. It's the Supernaturalist Radio Show. And now, here he is, Darren Stott. Well, 
Hello, Seattle. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Radio Show. This is the show that exists to celebrate what God is doing on the earth, to educate spiritual seekers, and to help you. To help you. We're here to help you. Discover your true identity and destiny. Yep, yep, yep. This is the show that is hosted by a Christian and yet is free from judgment and condemnation. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a crazy cool church called Seattle Revival Center, author of a book. Yep, I wrote a book. It's called Pattern Interrupt. Check it out at thepatterninterrupt.com. Or I guess you could go on Amazon. It's there too. And founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. All kinds of amazing supernatural things are unfolding on the earth. Ordinary people are being called to release and accomplish extraordinary things. The spirit of awakening is in the air and you are invited to be a part. We'd love to hear from you. Your questions, your thoughts. Maybe even your concerns. Grab a pen and write down our toll-free number. It's one 298 kknw That's 1-888-298-5569. And my co-host today is a very special guy. Uh, my co-host today is Greg Daly. He is a pastor. He's an author. He wrote a book called Diary of a Witness. Check it out on Amazon. And he is the overseer of this global network called the International Fellowship. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> International Fellowship of Ministries. The International Fellowship of Ministries, and I, or as I like to, to call it, the International Fellowship of Intergalactic <laughs> Extraordinary <laughs> Ministries, great. right? Extraordinary women and men. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank, hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Man, what I love about you is that like, you're, you're the kind of guy that doesn't just believe in the stuff, but you, you do this stuff. Like You could be at Starbucks, you could be at a gas station, or you could be in front of a couple thousand people in Africa, but you are you're well, literally- could be here. Uh, or you could be here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man. So like, you know, but you also know this stuff and, and, and you're almost photographic. I think when it comes to scripture, when it comes to understanding the Bible and, um, and you're not religious, you're highly relational, you love people. Mm. And that's why I thought you'd be a great co-host. And I hope this can be kind of like a regular, awesome. a regular thing, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for it. It's an honor. Really. And and you you are a radio guy like you I, you actually you I, listen you listen to the radio I listen <laughs> I do <laughs> I've listened to the show Yeah Why do I sound like you are a radio listener a radio You're actually listener. a real radio listener Radio And you listen to Seattle's alternative talk So you're familiar with a lot of the shows on this network Yes Which is really cool yeah. um, You're even you were you you even told me about a lot of the show You told me about you know the UFO guy and like all yeah. the, all the all the all the fun shows Yeah You know. Which is awesome. Yeah. And now here you are. You're in here the building. You're in the studio. I'm here, and it's really great to be here. And I'm excited about the guest you have for today. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be great. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be incredible. Yeah. Now, you can, do you ask me, like, some of the questions you asked the other co-hosts? Like, did you have a 
a, a special name in high school or growing up? Or did okay. You, did people yeah. have a nickname for you? You want some ice? You want some icebreakers? Yeah, maybe yeah. A, just two or whatever. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. You know, I, I did receive some negative feedback regarding the icebreakers. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. I well, got, we can I got can some pretty, that if you like. Yeah. So people are like, yeah, stop it with, stop it with the icebreakers. That's dumb. And okay. I was like, oh my goodness. Well, just one then. Oh, but that puts so much pressure on me that I had to write. All right, so all right, nickname. Yeah, so childhood. <laughs> okay, so here's here's one for you. What was your childhood nickname? <laughs> well, you know what? I do remember in, in, now in high school, junior high, and high in high school, I had a nickname. It was when well, my name was Greg, but the nickname was Grog. Grog. Yeah, I remember BC, the comic strip, <laughs> the cave guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so they, that stuck, and so I was called Grog a lot, which I didn't mind because the author BC, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a Christian himself, and uh, uh, and so yeah, it was a great comic strip, and so I was Grog, the uh, cave guy. <laughs> it's, and it sounds like a character on, um, oh my goodness, what's that movie? The the um, Galaxy. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it does it, sound it, like it does sound like I am Grog. Yeah, yeah, I am Grog. <laughs> so uh, welcome, I am Grog. Yeah, it's good to be here. Oh yeah, my goodness, yeah. awesome! Is, I'm looking forward to it. All right, awesome, awesome, and uh, and it is an honor to have our our special guest today, um, Alex Kip, um, and uh, and what I'm going to do is rather than reading Alex's um, bio. Um, uh-huh. Like I will say that Alex has a huge following, a very successful podcast. It's the Soul Feed podcast, but his his story is extraordinary. And instead of me kind of telling you his story by reading his story from his bio, I actually thought we're going to engage just with an interview with Alex because Alex mm, has been on nice. this incredible spiritual journey, and wow. and he, and wow. and he's going to basically bless us today by by being generous with his own storyline and testimony. Um, knowing that there's authority and power within somebody's story, there really is, and I think that people are really going to get blessed and and maybe even maybe even set free into some new kind of heavenly realities and stuff. That'd today. be awesome. Yeah, nothing like a testimony, like a personal experience story. Come on, come yeah, on. It's true. But instead of just talking about him, introduce him. Let's talk to him, Alex. <laughs> welcome to the Supernaturalist Radio Show. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> I can't Hi, with this, man. <laughs> man, wow. what, what an honor. That's good to hear it's good you. Good to be here, man. It's good to be here. Man, I've been following you, oh. following your journey. Man, we met probably, I don't know, six months ago in San Diego. And I got to hear just a little bit of your story. And I've been following you at uh, just that point and just, just watching you and, and hearing your podcast and just hearing your language and just and just seeing this incredible thing that's unraveling, man, I can't wait to, to kind of dive into this, but thanks again for being on, on the show. And man, I would love to just kind of dive into like who, you know, who was Alex before soul feed? Like, because your, your journey is extraordinary and that you here you, here you are a guy with, with like, with these big dreams and big ambitions and then some stuff happened and, uh, and life's kind of weird like that. Right. So like, bro, would you be willing to just kind of like bring us into your story um, as far as like, like kind of like the genesis of your spiritual journey. Yeah, man. I just want to start by saying, uh, this is my experience. And so take that with you as you listen, you know, everybody's going to have different opinions about what's real and what's theological and all this, but I'm just telling you what happened to me and how I interpret that through the Bible, through Christ. And, uh, just the amazing gift we have to just share testimony, as you guys were saying. So, awesome, you know, awesome. it's 
it started, man, uh, my senior year of college. So I was studying at the University of Michigan, which is like the best musical theater school in the country. So essentially, I was about to go to Broadway. I was, you know, this big leading man, and my favorite character to play on stage was Gaston. Because, you know, his his biggest (laughs) song, you know, he just goes, me, you know, look (laughs) at me, right? (laughs) Like, you know, I'm so cool, me, me, me. And that's kind of how I lived my life back then, you know? So then my senior year, though, all of a sudden my voice started sounding like this. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And I couldn't understand what was happening to me. And for essentially two years, you know, I had built this entire life, this entire identity around singing, right? Hmm. As in, if you were like, hey, Alex, or, you know, what what do you do? What's up with you? I'd be like, oh, I'm a singer. Nice to meet you, you know? And so suddenly, for two years, I have no voice, and come to find out, the reason why was because I'd been diagnosed with cancer. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma my senior year of college. You know, two weeks before graduation, all my friends are off in New York City, uh, graduating, you know, auditioning for all the Broadway shows, getting cast in shows. And I'm stuck in a hospital literally sounding like this. Wow. wow. Having no sense of like, well, who am I now? You know? Right. Wow. So what that did was it really opened this like spiritual hunger in me. And now I will say, you know, when I was a kid, I had this radical sort of conversion experience with uh, Jesus and became a Christian. But then as I was sort of involved with the Christian church, I actually ended up walking away from it because so much of the church, in my opinion, at least the one I experienced was super judgmental, always pushing people out. You know, you can't hang out with people who are sinners. Sure. You you yeah. can't do this and that. And I'm reading the Bible and Jesus says, I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sinners. Right. And I'm like, well, this doesn't add up. You know what I mean? And so I had, I knew who Jesus was, obviously, but I wasn't experiencing him. And I didn't find really anywhere that was like faithfully walking out what it meant to be a Christian. As in, you know, the supernatural things you guys are talking about, that was just not <laughs> even in my world. I didn't even know people were doing things like that. You right, know what right, I mean? right, right, right. Yeah. So it opened up this spiritual hunger in me my senior year. But instead of kind of going back to Christianity, right, because in my limited scope of understanding, you know, as a kid, you just blame all churches and you just think all churches are like that. And of course, Jesus must be like that, right? Totally, totally yeah. Because these are his representatives on earth, right? Yep. His disciples, quote unquote. So I became super, super spiritual and sought out everything. So, well, let me backtrack a little bit because the doctors told me, man, that, you know, I had a 15 to 30% chance of survival. I was never going to sing again that, you know, I probably wouldn't live past this stem cell transplant, which is what I ended up having to have. Wow. And of course, right, I'm here today. I'm singing now. I'm like leading worship at times. And so I had this experience of knowing, right, that miracles are just abounding. Right. Sure. That people do survive, that people do come back, that we have a purpose, that we, you know, are meant to do something big with the struggles that we go through. 
And it was a very spiritual awakening for me, but it wasn't grounded in Christ. Which, at the time, great. That was fine with me, you know what I mean? Because I didn't want anything to do with Christ because of those people. So it was like like it it was a form of hope because it was spiritual awakening and there was this sense of radical divine significance, right? And it was and it was it was giving you hope. Hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, it 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 connected me back to myself. It made me realize that, oh, do I really you know, am I really present in life? Like what really matters? You know, this this constant hunger for success and this pursuit for a Broadway identity and identity of a singer, these things do not last. They are never going to satisfy you in the end. So I went on a quest, you know, like for the things that really feed the soul, which is why I started this podcast called Soul Feed. So Soul Feed started and man, we interviewed everyone, like everyone under the sun in sort of the new age world. And I love these people, you know, people like Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, uh, Gabby Bernstein, Mastin Kip, like in the Christian world, some of us don't really know who those people sure, are, but sure. in the more spiritual, new age, new spirituality world, those it's are huge. like huge. Yeah, things, huge, huge, you know? huge. And, and so the you, thing that was and your podcast and your podcast blew up, and it's still a, a big deal, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, it blew up. Like I you're mean, a pretty we, big deal, Alex. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I guess kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's funny, man, because like now coming back to to Christ, it's like, you know, I think I was pursuing being a big deal because I was trying to fill that Mm -hmm. emptiness that I felt. Do you know what I mean? And I thought and again, right, it was just the same problem, just in another sort of industry. And so even though I was pursuing, quote unquote, spiritual things, I hadn't actually healed the core of my sort of brokenness which is hard to admit but it's true you know and i think if we're all honest with ourselves like we all deal with that and we all struggle with that which is why we need someone to to help us understand the way out of that you know so yeah there's a million (laughs) ways we can go with this yeah but i was gonna say so you're you're like so you're being treated um, and, and, and you've been in, in the, and the stats are against you, but you're also, you're also ki- uh, coming into this spiritual awakening. And, um, and so there's, and, and, and so there's this sense of excitement, but there's also this sense of like, oh my goodness, what's, what's going to happen to me. And then, um, but, uh, but you beat it, right? Like you, you, you beat cancer, Yep. which is, which is just, which is incredible. And would like, dude, there's a part of your story, and and uh, and and I, and I, I it's, it's so blessed me. But, dude, would you be would would you be willing to just share the story of 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 the cards when people started writing you cards? Oh yeah, man, yeah, for sure. So you know, they told me I had to have a stem cell transplant, which wasn't part of the plan, right? I was supposed to just have six rounds of chemotherapy, be done. But then they figured out, whoa, this actually didn't work. You're gonna need a stem cell transplant. So stem cell transplant is essentially the most intense thing your body will and can ever go through. It's essentially like restarting a computer, except that computer is your body. Wow. So they basically drain everything out, all the blood, all the everything, and then they reboot it with good, healthy stem cells, 
hoping that it's going to reboot and repopulate a new blood system, essentially. Wow. So my sister, she actually organized this kindness card marathon, which I didn't know about, but, you know, as I'm... A kindness kindness card marathon. Yeah, this kindness is awesome. Card I love this story. Marathon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So and, she organized um, it. Okay. Yeah, and so I'm, you know, I go into the stem cell transplant room. It's like the the first day, and instead of being outpatient, I'm now going to be essentially stuck in the hospital for two months. Right? I'm not going anywhere. Wow! 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 <laughs> so the first day I was in there, this guy comes in with a whole box of cards, and I'm like, "What is this?" My sister's like, surprise. I'm like, what is this? And she's like, it's the kindness card marathon. I'm like, what the heck is that? And she explains it and all this stuff. And so long story short, over the the course of like the next week, I ended up getting 1,600 cards from (laughs) random people who I've never even heard of, you know, who just knew about what was going on. In fact, one of my favorite cards was, hi, Alex. My name's Alex. Love Alex. That's all it said. Uh, I love it. I love it. How did it make you feel getting all those cards from people you never met, you didn't know anything about? What did it make you feel on the inside? Dude, I mean, it was amazing. And and again, it reinforced this idea of the power of prayer, right? The power of uh, intention. And I wouldn't have called it like prayer then, but now I really understand it as, you know, that's what was happening. It was like, it, this whole room was just covered with cards and it was essentially like a spiritual fortress, you know, just right. like keeping anything negative out, but yep. also like just constantly reviving the spirit and like enthusiasm of what I was going through. It reminds so I, had me, a, I was going to say, it reminds me as well, Alex, of, you know, the goodness of God leads us to change our thinking about who we are and who God is. And that, those cards were like that, like the kindness of God, the goodness of God. You know, it, God just using people to speak into your identity or speak into your life. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really neat. And look, this is the main thing that I had to understand about my illness that really got messed up for me is that in some ways I blamed God for what happened. Wow. Wow. Right? Like, God, how could you do this to me? How could you take away my gift? How could you put me through all this, not realizing that like all those things I was putting on God are not who God is at all. In fact, if anything, I was describing the devil, but calling him God. Yeah. Wow. You know, if we look, if we look at Jesus's ministry, right? Mm -hmm. What did he do? He healed all. He He healed them all. Come on. Come on. He did. He destroyed the works of the devil. Okay, well, if he's going around healing, destroying the works of the devil, well, then what's the works of the devil? Well, sickness, illness, you know, and it's like, and so this just, you know, the one, the one thing that always like just shattered my mind and helping me come back to see the goodness of God was when, you know, Jesus, and maybe some people don't know the story, but this man named Lazarus had died, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the people come to him, they're like, why, why couldn't you get here sooner? He's dead. What are you going to do? And, well, of course, we know now, right? But they didn't know this at the time, but he's going to raise him from the dead. But what does he do before raising him from the dead? He weeps. Wow, wow, He wow. weeps. He does. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, not only does, 
he not cause these things to happen, but he weeps for our suffering. Yeah. He weeps for the things that we have to endure on this earth, the strongholds, the evil things, the dark forces that we're up against. He weeps. But not only that, he says, Lazarus, get up. And Lazarus got up and rose from the dead. Yeah. And literally, like, my story, like, when, and it's funny because all this, you know, when I got cleared and was uh, out of the hospital was all around Easter. So it was like just this huge, like, resurrection metaphor just constantly <laughs> playing out in my life you know what i mean i'm like <laughs> like you know when you're when you start your stem cell like when they give you your first stem cell it's called day zero wow and they actually give you a second birthday because they consider it like basically restarting your whole system Amazing. you know what i mean so it's yeah. just like so it's you like know getting born like, again in dude, the natural it, it, <laughs> Exactly. You got born again, yeah. bro. Yeah. And then you exactly. got born again, again, again. It's crazy. <laughs> and so just <laughs> understanding all of that is just like at an experiential level, right? Beyond just an intellectual like, yep. oh, yeah, I can I can see Jesus doing that. That sounds cool. But when you experience something like that, it just starts to take on new weight and meaning. Yeah, and I, I, I just wanted to go back because— when I heard this part of your story, I, I saw a video or a documentary or something on you where it's telling your story of, of beating cancer and just, you know, the prognosis, the kind of aggressive treatment that you had to have. And then um, and then the cards that came in. And I just and I wanted to ask you about that, because oftentimes we are, I, I would say, by human nature, attracted to the negative mm-hmm. or oftentimes it's 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 negativity that sells or resonates with humanity like when you watch the news right it tends to be uh somewhat negative <laughs> right <Like>, somewhat <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> you know and um and so it, to the degree that even in our childhood we have all these incredible positive experiences in our childhood right mm-hmm. but we don't yeah. we don't really remember those mm-hmm. we like we don't remember that all the nights that our dad did come home from work and was there for us. We remember the nights he worked late and he wasn't there for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sure. And sure. so I think that there's something about the story of, of, of your story, Alex, and it, this it kind of encouragement that literally added the kind of courage, the kind of fuel that you needed to overcome this major, major obstacle. But then also the reminder to all of our listeners today of the power of adding courage to people. And because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. And so the words that we're speaking to others, even people that you don't know, even like it might be the barista at Starbucks or whatever coffee shop you frequent, like like you never know if if that word that you speak is going to be that fuel that they need that's going to keep them in the game, you know? And wow. I and yeah. because man, those it's like people they were generous with their time, they were generous with purchasing that card, with writing on the card, and even the child that was like, "Alex, my name's Alex." love out like even that like it it just showed this that was that wasn't coming from a a child's mind that was coming from a child's heart yeah and Mm. and i and 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 i just i I love that story man and like and actually what i what i want to like we're gonna have to go to a a little a little break here a little commercial break but when we come back um you know the, the the truth is you went through a long period of time where jesus was not a part of the equation in fact even maybe hearing jesus i i i want to ask you 
with your past being kind of with having some just enough Jesus in your past to maybe trigger you when you hear that word, like how did you go from that place into actually having, cause it sounds like, you know, the guy, I mean, it sounds like you have this, this weirdly personal relationship with Jesus and that might weird people out a little bit. I want to, I want to hear about that journey. I want to hear like, how did you go from being awakened spiritually into actually coming into an awakening love, intimate relationship with Jesus and that's where we're going right here on the Supernaturalist Radio Show. We'll be right back. The Supernaturalist Radio Show. 1-888-298-KKNW. That's 1-888-298-5569. Hey guys, Darren here. Excited to tell you about my book. That's right. I wrote a book and it's called Pattern Interrupt. You say, Pattern what? Well, a pattern interrupt is a disruptive activity that changes the normal thought process and ordinary chain of events within a person's life. Basically, I want to help you turn off the cruise control, to turn off the autopilot, and to get control of your life again. This book is designed for the average person who battles with fear and insecurity. This isn't a cope book, it's a hope book. Not only will you identify and deal with the root of your stress, but you'll be empowered to begin to displace atmospheres of fear and shame within your home and your workplace. Some of the things that we talk about in the book is how to interrupt and overcome negative experiences, shame-based behaviors, patterns of abuse, destiny defeaters, negativity, jealousy, burnout, worry, lack, passivity, spiritual weirdo stuff like demonic type business and isolation and poor communication. We get super woo woo spiritual. We get super practical. You're going to love it. It's Pattern Interrupt and it's yours at thepatterninterrupt.com. Again, thepatterninterrupt.com. Check it out today. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in to the Supernaturalist Radio Show. We're on each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Let's connect on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash the Supernaturalist Radio Show. Okay, so that's facebook.com forward slash the Supernaturalist Radio Show. Or you can connect with me on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the Darren Stott. Feel free to call in. Our toll-free number here is 1-888-298-KKNW. That's 1-888-298-5569. My special guest today is Alex Kipp, and Alex is a soul warrior, a uh, a life coach, Ooh. a um, a uh, uh, helping people out. He's been serving people uh, in the process of, of people's discovering their identity and purpose. And, and Alex has been sharing his story um, of spiritual awakening and then also how that spiritual awakening kind of led into another kind of awakening. And so this is this is absolutely fascinating. Now, Alex is now a uh, a Christian. He, he believes in Jesus. He loves you. He actually knows Jesus. But that hasn't always been um, that way. And what's interesting is, um, uh, well, we'll get into that in a second. Alex. Thanks again for being on the show and maybe bring us, bring us into the journey of like all of a sudden the spirit world is starting to become very, very real. 
and and uh, you're starting to experience the realities of the supernatural and and uh, if if you can kind of pull us into that because there may be skeptics that that are that are maybe agnostic or atheist and they just don't they just think that there is nothing else there's just this time and space this this place um, and so how real is this stuff when we're talking about spirituality and what what did your journey look like when you started stepping into this new dynamic of spiritual awakening outside of Christ Wow, man. Are you sure you want to go there? Come on, bro. Let's go <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. Let's do it. Right. Well, the thing is, like, we could talk about this from so many angles, right? We yep. could talk about this from scientific angles, right? We could talk about this from intellectual angles, but I'm just going to stick to experiential because this is really, you know, all the time we have right now. Sure, But sure. I will say that all of those things are important. They're all important, and you know God will use whatever He can or she, however you want to think about it, to bring you into the truth. And wow. I think that's where I would start. Is there truth, right? Yep. And if someone says, "Well, no, there's there's no truth. Everything is just dependent on you know your own set of standards." Yeah, well, okay. Well, if you apply that logic to truth itself, that there is no truth, is that true? Right. Right. No. Right. Right. So. This understanding that, in my mind, I was always after the truth. What's the truth? What's the truth? Someone tell me. Someone help me understand. And so, you know, I'd be interviewing Deepak Chopra. I'd be interviewing Carolyn Mace. And the thing that always perplexed me is that these are two of the most highly esteemed sort of spiritual masters, right? Yep, yep. And yet they're saying completely different things. And I'm just like, what is going on? How wow. come like wow. this person says this and this person says that? And not not just like different little nuances. I'm talking like completely different, right? Because it's not fair to say that all Christians believe the same things because that's not totally, true either. Totally. Yep. Obviously, we have so many denominations. But I'm talking about like the basics, like fundamental understandings. So... What ended up happening, honestly, is by interviewing all of these amazing people um, in the spiritual space, it ended up just making me super confused because I couldn't find anything that I could like build a foundation on. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And so what happened was I basically just took little bits and pieces from everything, right? Oh, I'll take this from Buddhism. Oh, this is interesting in Christianity. Oh, these mystics over here, that's really interesting. Oh, these ascended masters, yeah, I want to mm. be like that. Oh, this meditation practice, I'll do that, right? I was forming my own image of who God was, of how the universe works, based on the way I wanted reality to work and exist. And you were kind of empowered to do that, right? Because there's this there's this understanding that 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 there is that um, that there is not one truth, right? And and therefore, just kind of take what's best for you and build your own all star religion kind of thing, right? Like, exactly. Like so, there's exactly. full there's full empowerment to do that. Like that's what that's what they're encouraged to do. So you began doing that. You began building this thing. Yeah, and I, you know we can talk about the problems of that later. But I'll just stick <laughs> sure. with the ex- the experiential side of it for sure, now. Sure. Sure. So essentially what ended up happening and what most people, okay, I'm not going to say most people, what I was not willing to admit at the time, but now I see what was happening is that I was essentially trying to become God. 
Wow. Or trying to become a God, mm -hmm. right? By works, by perfection, by ascension, right? I can ascend and become this supernatural, godly-like thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I ended up going to this... Uh, all right, man. We're gonna get into it. So here all we right, go. All right, here we go. Uh -huh. Here we go. Let's let's go. I ended up going, going to the deep to end of the pool yeah, right now. <laughs> I ended up going to this nine-day uh, meditation retreat, right? And nine days. Yeah, that's nine, nine days. days. Silent meditation retreat. Yeah. Wow. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> that's but hardcore. <laughs> I got kicked out day nine. <laughs> the last day you got kicked out. Actually, I'm sorry. It was a 10-day meditation okay, retreat. I okay. got kicked out on day nine. Oh, my yeah. goodness. All right. I got kicked out on day nine because, essentially, I had learned some things or discovered some things about just kind of what they were teaching that just really didn't make any sense at all. And I was having these wild, supernatural awakenings. Like, literally, one night, I woke up in the black, pitch black of night. We're on this mountain where you can't see anything. It's completely black. And I was actually scared of the dark at this time. Wow. And my feet start guiding me into the mountains. And, it, and you know, I heard, like, don't take a flashlight in my head. I just kind of heard that. And I yep. was like, oh, okay. Yep. So I'm literally in the pitch black of night, you know, wandering around for, like, literally, like, two hours. I have no idea where I am. I'm scared out of my mind. Oh, my And goodness, then eventually, huh? right when the morning bell rings for the meditation day to start, my feet hit the pavement of the center again, and I just sneak back onto the course. Oh, my know? goodness. And a part of me is like, whoa, this is so cool. God's, God's trying to teach me how to trust in him and to not be scared of the dark and to, and to do all these and to know that I can be guided by the spirit, you know, all these things. Sure, yeah. Which, actually, part of that is probably true. Yeah. But what was <laughs> right. confusing was is that, is that I couldn't tell what, was at the time what was God and what was not God. Wow. Right? Yeah. So the Bible talks about this reality that there is a spiritual war going on, right? The dark and the light. There is a war going on. And if you don't believe in a spiritual war, okay, well, just think in terms of the natural, right? When you see things that are going on in our world, like sex trafficking or, you know, mm -hmm. senseless wars or poverty, that is what I would call evil and darkness, right? Yep, yep. That we are in a war to overcome those things. Well, that's happening in the natural, but in the supernatural, there's also a war going on for, in my opinion, people. Wow. Right? Wow. As in, can we take this, can this person serve the dark side or the light side? Wow. Right? Just to put it very simply. Sure, and again, sure. we could go into all kinds of theology around this and, and, suss that out but we're not going to right now <laughs> so i started experiencing other things you know at this meditation retreat where all of a sudden i would just know things about people like i would have visions about people and then when we were finally allowed to talk on day nine i would ask them about these visions you know like one person i saw his cat dying and i saw him crying horribly over this cat and i asked him about that and he's like yeah how did you know that and wow, i'm like wow wow and so mm. these weird things just started happening right and so by the end of it, I'm like instructing people basically like, hey, in your meditation practice, try this, don't do this, try this instead. <laughs> right. And they're like, really? Whoa, yeah, because I've been feeling uh, horrible. The and, disciples you know, becoming the teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they didn't like that at all. And so yeah. they kicked me out. Uh, okay. And what is so ironic and funny about that is that this whole, 
this whole line of thinking, the, the thing they always profess is, oh, you know, we're open to you finding your own truth, finding your own truth, unless it conflicts with our truth, mm. then you got to go. And so what most people think is that Christians are the only ones who are sort of um, narrow in their thinking, and that's just not true yeah. at all. So there are it's, absolutes. Yeah, it's just yeah. Christians normally get sort of blamed for it more than others. Yeah, but Hinduism, Buddhism, they have very, you know, certain absolutes that are specific to them. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, I end up getting home, and I keep experiencing these supernatural things. And again, at the time, I thought it was just all one thing. I couldn't tell if it was dark or light or anything. I was just like, this is so cool. And, you know, crazy things are happening. Like, healings were happening with people. I would be, like, led to a mall and, like, meet someone and, like, knew exactly what I was supposed to say. Or, like, wow. just wild wow. things, you know. But what ended up happening was I was still, what I thought was happening was that I was becoming God. Wow. Was that mm. I was becoming a God, right? And so basically, and this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you it happened. And the reason I can talk about it now is because it doesn't have power over me. Sure. And it doesn't yeah, have dominion right. over me. Right. And, and the fact that I can be vulnerable, vulnerable about it means it has no more power over me. But what happened was, for essentially three nights, I was like possessed mm. possessed and it was the craziest thing ever because you know i was aware of what was happening but i was letting it happen as in you know in meditation and in buddhism we always talk about the witness right like witnessing right sort right. of detaching so i was witnessing everything that was happening but i was letting it happen thinking again that i was going to become more godlike this was all and part of the had, process exactly this is all yeah. part of the process of ascension of becoming of becoming like like the christ or having christ consciousness which wow. a lot of people yep. call yep. it you know yep. or or becoming a an enlightened master like mm. jesus like all the other enlightened masters is another thing that people uh um, sort of get roped into, myself included. And I want to say that these things have positive intentions, as in the reason I wanted that, right, yeah. was so that I could help more people, so I could heal people, sure, so I could do sure. all these things. But it came from me wanting to play God, not letting God be God wow. through, which is a huge difference. Difference, you bet. Huge difference. So you... So, now you Go said that, that you that you were like full on uh, possessed, and most people will instantly just think of like the Exorcist and a little girl that crab walks yeah, down, yeah, downstairs yeah. backwards, like her head, you know, green yeah, slime. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like you know that now, but did you know that then that you were like that something was actually taking possession of you, and like, and what did that lo- like? What did that actually look like or feel like? Did it feel good and and empowering, or did it feel like you were losing a sense of like? self-will or you know what i'm saying um yeah so it wasn't like me you know going down backwards and stairs and all this stuff but <laughs> but the way you, the way the way you put it was perfect right like something has taken possession of you as mm-hmm. in you have given your control over to some other kind of force and you're allowing it to basically take you over which in some ways right as christians 
is what we sort of believe the Holy Spirit does. But the difference being is that you have like control of what the Holy, well, yeah. you don't have control necessarily, but like it's moving in a different way. It's flowing in a different way. Totally. And yep. with, with this, what was happening is that like, again, I just was letting it happen. So, you know, I wasn't violent. I wasn't angry. I wasn't anything like this, but I was trying to convince people that I had become that I had figured out how to become a God. So essentially on the third night, this is when it all kind of came to a head, I believe that I had turned into an angel, right? Wow. And um, and now I want to say too, right, a lot of this could have been triggered by like a lack of sleep at the meditation center, uh, all kinds of things neurologically could have been going on. But regardless, like this was something beyond the natural that was very real and and manifesting in a very real way. Yeah, absolutely. This so was your this night, was your experience. Like this yeah. is what this yeah, was your this experience, experience and this is what you believe was happening with you and you and you were subject to these very real experiences. Exactly. And so the third night, um I was literally naked at like two in the morning <laughs> in my living room. And uh, perfectly normal. <laughs> perfectly yeah. normal. Yeah, perfectly and I'm normal. singing and dancing about how I've become a god. I like make up this song. Wow. And so my wow. mom actually came out from Ohio because my fiance at the time was so worried about me that she called my mom to come and, and they're just like both like, what do we do? What do we do? So I'm like, Clara Lise, which is my wife's name, and mother, come arise. It is now time to reveal, you know, and I like wow. just Wow. And I'm like, you know, naked in front of them, like telling them about how I've become a god and how I figured it out. And they're just like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who this is. Like, Alex, this is not. And I actually start trying to uh, convince them, right? I, I start actually talking yep. like as if I were Jesus. Wow. And I'm like, this is exactly what you did to me, mother, when I was on the cross. Oh, and, you wow. know, I'm looking at Claire Elise and I'm like, Mary, this is what you did to me. You wouldn't allow me to to be with you after I can't like just wow. this craziness, wow. right? Wow, wow, yeah. But like these things will try to use anything to get people to believe, right? Yeah. What they want it to believe. And essentially what was what it was trying to do was it was trying to make them, you know, side with me and, and help me and do all this stuff. And I was saying things like, I have to go in hiding and 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 uh, hide my voice. I can't speak about this yet to people, which of course is ironic because you know, the, the main thing Jesus tells us is to preach the gospel, yeah. right? Well, if I'm quiet, of course, that'll keep me from preaching the gospel. Oh, and by the way, you try to take away my singing voice when I'm a senior in college and try to take away my voice then because you also know how powerful I might be for God's kingdom. You see, so like things are starting to like oh my goodness. click mm-hmm. sort right, of after right, it right, happens, right? right. But I end up I end up going fine. You want me to prove it to you? I'll grow wings. So I'm on the ground and I'm screaming and I'm like, like trying to grow wings out of my back, you know. <laughs> and eventually, oh I know it sounds crazy. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's wild. And eventually, I just faint because I'm so exhausted and I faint. And wow. they pick me up and they put me to bed. They put me in bed, and I experienced what felt like forty days and forty nights of just complete darkness. So, you know, sometimes people talk about hell, like, oh, what's that light? What's that? Oh, you know, fire, brimstone, all this stuff. Well, in the Bible, sometimes it just talks about hell as being like eternal darkness and separation from God. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's literally what it felt like, just like 
complete darkness. I had no idea where I was, if I was still alive, if I was in a movie, like, is life real? Like, I was still having thoughts, but I was in this darkness. Then all of a sudden, I came out of that darkness. And immediately, I just had this, this just experience with Jesus where I just, it's not like I saw him or anything like that, but I just knew in my heart Mm. that Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God, that he came to die for my sins, that he did all the work for me already, that I could trust in him, that everything I had been searching for was always in him. It, It was just literally like it was just downloaded into my being, into my essence. And everything that I believed and I'd struggle with just like fell away like scales from my eyes, you know, when you're blind, you know, you know, Paul, one of the greatest apostles, right? He, he, <laughs> he was persecuting the church, right? He gets blinded because he has this encounter with Jesus and then someone comes and heals his eyes and, and he describes it as like scales falling off his eyes. That's right. Well, in the same way, it's like my wife, right? My mother who believed in Christ, who believed in Jesus, who were pouring out that Christ-like love like help me come back to my identity in Christ. And I'll never forget, I, I had, after that happened, it, this was all happening in like the span of two minutes, right? I'm just like waking up, my eyes are just like <gasps> wide open because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is, oh, uh, you know. And I remember having this one, one more thought that was clear as day, was so loud. And it said, Jesus is the Antichrist. And I said, no. And I just mm. like rebuked that thought yeah. and it was just like, poof, it was like everything lifted and I was just like out of that bondage. Man, and, I, that's <laughs> this is such a crazy story, man. Like yeah. this is such a powerful story. Here's my question for you. Like when you were in that darkness, in that place of just, you know, and then all of a sudden you said it was like one day it lifted and you felt like the presence of Jesus. Did you do anything to instigate that? Or was that just like like sovereign? Like did that did you do anything to trigger the breakthrough? Like were you like enough? Or or did you just no. literally wake up one day and it was like it was like the sun was rising and you know? No, yeah. It was like I came out of that darkness and it was like just this sovereign experience. But what I will say is is that remember I had known Jesus yep. before yes, right. right in my life. Yeah. And Jesus says, When you know me, I will never leave you. Or forsake. I will you. never leave you. Yeah. Wow. And so what I'm talking really about, good. right? Yeah. This spiritual battle, right, between darkness and light. They're wow. fighting over me. They're fighting over me. And Jesus is like, I'm not leaving. I'm never gonna leave him. I'm gonna reveal myself right now. You know? Yeah. That's and, great. And, and like, I that is just though. amazing. I mean, <laughs> like, I yeah. can just see it. It's like a, a movie playing out with just like the, the fight and, and, and the fight from a place of love. Like, you know, yes. to love yeah. to save my son. Like my son is in trouble and he's made his own decisions. He's gone his own way, his own route. And I'm going to, and here I come as a father to save the day, to love save wins. my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never that's, fails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Hallelujah. Awesome. And I will say though, after that, I entered into a very deep stage of repentance, of just being like, because again, right, I suddenly understood, which I couldn't see then, that this whole time, mm. I was trying to become God. 
Wow. Right? Wow. And wow. what is what does the Bible describe about the devil or Satan, right? Like yep. it describes him as this rebellious angel, right? Who yep. wanted to become God and was cast out of heaven. And Jesus said, I saw him falling down from heaven like lightning. Yep. You know? Yep. And so it's this it's this thing that we all have. And and I'm just as guilty as anyone else listening. This pride, right? This 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 idea that we can, you know, become supernatural, that we can become all these things in our own effort by doing the right things, checking off the right boxes. And the whole time, it's like Jesus is just saying, hey, it's really not that at all. In yeah. fact, all you have to do is put your faith in me, and I will give you the ability to do all these things if you trust in me and follow me. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. You know, it, it says in the Bible that the, that the testimony of Jesus is the this, is this spirit of prophecy, prophecy. Which means that when you hear a story like this, mm-hmm. it actually it creates a realm of expectation and breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And so for Shoot. people that are listening to this right now, this story actually has the ability to duplicate itself. Mm-hmm. Alex, would you be willing, like we're going to have to wrap this thing up here, but would you be willing to release a prayer, a proclamation that anybody, that where, if they are at where you were, that this same story of, of supernatural breakthrough, that they could experience what you have experienced? Absolutely. Well, Father, we just thank you so much for the works you've already done, Lord. We just bless you for yeah. just making it easy, God, for not making it complicated, for not making it difficult to come to you, to know who you are, Lord. And I just pray for anyone listening who may be struggling or confused about who they are or their purpose in life or all these supernatural spiritual things that may be happening. God, I just ask for you to reveal yourself right now to them. Yes. Yes. This time in this space, Lord, I just pray that your love just cover them and shower them with grace, father, that they may know that all they were looking for was you the whole time and that you will transform them into a new creation you will provide everything they've ever sought for, they've ever hungered for, and that you alone can save God. And we just bless everyone who's listening, even those who are <laughs> completely not ready. Father, we bless them, wow. and we yes. ask you to just be with them, and we ask for you to just care for them, and we ask for this world to be healed, God, in your presence Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. So good, That's so good. good. Great. Now, if uh, as Alex was praying, if something was was coming alive, or if you, if Alex's journey has been resonating with you today, and you want to connect with Alex, um, uh, check out Alex's website, alexkip k i p dot com. So that's alexkip dot com, and then you're on Twitter and Instagram. Oh yeah, all the things. All, all, all this stuff. So make sure that you reach out to Alex and you let him know what you experienced today. And also reach out to me and let me know um, what you experienced today. Um, I want to invite everyone listening um, to um, some special uh, event, like to, a, to an event that we're doing actually next week. Mm-hmm. Begins on Thursday night, goes Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it's free of charge. We're calling it Declaration Conference. It's going to be kind of a convergence of prophets and mm-hmm. revivalists, all kinds of crazy Christian. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, supernatural type, mm-hmm. you know, and it's totally free of charge. There's no registration. There's a free will offering. Like, so if you want to give, you can. 
But even if you don't believe in any of this stuff, if you'd like some exposure to mm. Christian spirituality that's that's really um, that's really taking place on a foundation of love and grace. If all you know is 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 judgment and, and the anger of God, maybe maybe you'd like to come into an atmosphere where you could experience the kindness of God. Yeah. And so we'd like to invite you. Check it out. It's SeattleRevivalCenter.com is our is our website. Uh, again, that's SeattleRevivalCenter.com. We're actually located in Newcastle, Washington. And again, no matter what your political affiliation is, no matter what even your religious preferences, you are invited. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely loved. Yes. And Al- Alex, I have so many questions for you. Um, you know, it's too bad I can <laughs> you have only to come do- back sometimes. Yeah, it's too bad we only have an hour radio show. Yeah. I, 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 I want to get you on my podcast and do like a two-hour, like you awesome. know, a long-form kind <laughs> oh of like and just die because I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. But this has been incredible. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alex. Great. Oh, thank you guys for having me, and and God bless everyone who's listening. Again, if you're confused that's okay so was i don't worry you'll 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 find out the truth eventually if you pursue truth yeah and all its righteousness you know because that's the thing about a show like this is that it, it like sometimes you can listen to a show like this without realizing the significance or the gravity something like this can have on 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 your own journey mm-hmm. on your own spiritual journey and what it, things begin to open up when you lean in with honor and so even yeah. if you've been listening to this show and you're like, man, something's starting to open up, you can open that up more by leaning in with honor, mm-hmm. whereas maybe in the past your natural disposition has been to dishonor or to make fun of anything that's kind of like this. So uh, that can be a turning point if you can lean in with honor and be like, I honor what's being said. God, if you are real, open, open up these realities and let them unfold. And that's, that's an awesome prayer. That's opening up. You know, yeah. the, <laughs> and get ready, get ready. I'm starting to get kind of whacked here. <laughs> it opens something up, man. Yeah. So just do that right now. Just say, I honor, I honor this, whatever's happening right now, that yeah. whatever's happening in my heart, yeah. I honor that. Yeah. And God, if you're real, open it up and reveal, reveal yourself. You can come to me. And I think I, that's what I love about Alex's story. Yeah. There wasn't a middleman. No, that's right. Like God, God came to this guy yeah. directly and shattered that darkness. Yeah. And then Alex began repenting, which is like what you said, Greg, yeah. coming into a higher state of thought where yeah. you get new clarity regarding right. reality. Yep. I love it. It's awesome. God is so good. Well, Greg, I feel like this has been a good show. What do you think? It's been awesome. Been great. Have you, uh, like, Sorry, I didn't give you a very uh, a no. Chance. I want to hear a story. It's, yeah, do you want to drop some prophetic words of, <laughs> in the last minute? You have you have thirty seconds. You know, thirty seconds. <laughs> well, you know, there's lots of there's lots of amazing encounters in the Bible, and the neat thing about God is you can encounter God. You can experience. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not but by you can sight. have an encounter with God. And the cool thing is, a man with a biblical experience is never at the mercy of a man with a biblical doctrine. Boom. Boom. Well said. Wow. Hashtag boom. Wow. Come on. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll be back next Wednesday between 3 and 4 here on the Supernaturalist Radio Show. God bless. Alex, thanks so much for doing this, man. I, I, I got a great response from last week's radio show. And when we were chatting, I was getting text messages uh, from friends and family. They had questions that they wanted to ask you, but we just ran out of time. And so yeah. I wanted to just do a follow-up 
um, interview uh, with you where we could definitely dive deeper into just some some different questions um, that believers and I think that uh, that uh, um, seekers, you know, um, pre-believers are are asking uh, regarding spirituality and um, and healthy ways of 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 approaching some interesting topics that are definitely very popular in the culture. So, dude, thanks again for uh, for doing this follow up. Yeah, I'm so excited. There's like never enough time to talk about these things and we can go <laughs> forever, you know? <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, you, like part of your testimony, you were talking about this this meditation retreat. How long was that again? It was like... It was 10 days. Yeah, I was going to say nine days, but... Yeah. That is well, I got kicked out day nine. Okay, so. that's what it was. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking that's like the most intense thing I've ever heard of, a 10-day meditation retreat where you can't speak. It's like a silent yeah. retreat. It's a silent meditation retreat. You can't speak. You're essentially meditating like, I don't know, 12 hours a day. Um, I mean, it's super like you get up at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, you have three meals during the day. But other than that, you're essentially meditating or when you're not meditating, you're just sort of in your own little cell kind of thing just thinking about what was happening but trying not to think because like that's kind of the point of meditation you know it's yeah. this weird thing and like so what's the deal is like are you in this beautiful kind of serene landscape with like rivers and creeks and mountains and like you're just going out into nature or yeah so you're in you're in the mountains beautiful beautiful area but they have boundaries around the course, okay. uh, which is actually really interesting, and we could talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. But essentially, you, you meet in this uh, main big building every uh, day, and there's certain times where you meditate as a group. You meditate with the group. And the women are on one half of the hall, and the men are on another half of the hall. And essentially, you every person has their own sort of like squared off area within the hall, right? And we're all facing towards the teacher and essentially uh, we meditate for an hour at a time. So you build up to the meditation times, right? So at first it's not quite an hour, but it gets to the point where you're meditating for an hour at a time. Are these and like... Essentially, is, uh -huh. this, is this like an advanced meditation group? Like, are, are these like people that have been doing this for a while, or are there like are there newbies at this thing that have never done this before, and they're like just getting broken into this whole meditation thing? Yeah, it's it's a definitely a mixture of both. So, okay. it, it the way they do it is actually they really tell you and they really really hammer this hard. Like, whatever you've come in with, knowing you need to leave at the door. You need to just go through our process because the process really does. It's building blocks, right? Right. So the first like two days, literally all you focus on is the breath coming in and out of your nostrils. That's it for like three full days um, or two or three full days. I can't remember exactly, but essentially it's building blocks, right? So essentially what it teaches you to do is it teaches you how to scan like energetically your body from the inside out. Um, so essentially when you're meditating, you can feel like in certain parts of your body when it starts to slow down sort of energetically that there's something going on there. Like there's some kind of block is what they would call it. 
Now, I would call that maybe sin or something like that, right, nowadays. Okay. But there's some kind of block, right? And so as you explore that block and you sort of break through it, then the energy starts to speed up again. Like your awareness around this meditation starts to speed up again. So the idea and the goal sort of is to always be sort of free-flowing energetically um, like through your awareness and your body. It sounds strange and now for it's you, hard to... <laughs> yeah, I mean, now for you, was that easy to do? For you, was that like, like all right, yeah, like I, I'm going to slide right into this. I, I got this down. Or or going into this whole thing, um, was, was it kind of difficult to kind of... I mean, just by your own chemistry, your own wiring and your own gifting and also on the spiritual journey that you've been through, were you able to just to kind of go right into that culture and just like start assimilating and all of a sudden everything starts to open up and make sense or? Yeah, I would say I'd been practicing meditation for a while. Um, do we want to get into the, the psychedelic so trip I went on? Well, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Because I'll, I'll tell you where I want to go. I want to ask okay. you a base like I would like where I'd like to end up in this part of this com- conversation is for the Christian. Is there a form of meditation? Of course, we know that we're given empowerment biblically to meditate on the scriptures, but that yeah. that looks differently than sitting beside a creek, you know, in a lotus pose emptying your mind and and just becoming comfortable with yourself. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> where I'd like to go in this conversation is basically is there a form of meditation for the Christian where it's where it's safe but maybe it looks perhaps similar to what's being done in the new age. Yeah, you know, I I think there is and have I found that yet? No, not necessarily, but do I think it's out there? Absolutely. And First off, before we talk about anything really, I just want to say right now that I'm not an expert on any of this stuff like intellectually, right? Sure, um, sure. I mean, we're just speaking from my experience and honestly- We're if just I'm talking being, here, Alex. We're yeah, just talking. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, it's just kind of my opinion. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, based on you know what I know about Christ, what I know about the Word, and what I know about my experience. But I think the first thing that like I find super, super interesting is- um, you know, Acts seventeen twenty three, right? Where Paul is uh, talking and, you know, for while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Wow. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and all things and blah, 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 essentially saying, you guys are worshiping this God. You think it's this unknown God. I'm here to tell you that it's actually Jesus you've been worshiping the whole time. You just didn't know it. Wow, wow, wow. So I think about that a lot, man, because, you know, I think there's a tendency sometimes in the Christian culture to be like, this is demonic, that's demonic, that's demonic, that lotus pose is demonic, this is demonic, ah, demons are manifesting. (laughs) While I am not saying that's untrue, I'm also not convinced that's always what's happening, right? As in, I'm more convinced that sometimes people are having this very real experience with God, but a lot of times they're calling it something else. Okay. It's sort of this unknown God, right? And now we know who this God is. Now, 
Why can we claim that? Well, because he lived in human form, right? As Jesus Christ, like the word became flesh. Right. Like it's no longer an unknown God who we can't conceptualize with our human minds because it's so far beyond anything human. It's like, no, that's right. That's it right. was this, you know what I mean? So what I also find extremely interesting is the Bible never tells you to empty your mind. Right, right. right? It never tells you to just completely empty your mind and just, you know, do all that, right? It tells you to renew your mind in the likeness of Christ. That's good, yep. And there's a big difference between emptying your mind and renewing your mind, right? And what I also find extremely interesting is that Psalms, the book of Psalms, opens with this idea of meditating day and night. That's good. Right? The book of Psalms doesn't talk about, like, I mean, it does. It's a book of prayers in some ways, and it talks about prayer, but it doesn't open with pray day and night, pray, pray, pray. It says meditate on the word day and night. And I think, like, we've entered into this culture of Christianity where everything's so loud and so like, boom, we got to hit it with this and this and don't let there ever be a moment of silence and, and worship music and go and go and go and go. <laughs> it's true. like, we've lost this like early tradition of like the Franciscan monks or like these other people who like knew how to be silent with God hmm. and meditate on his word day and night. It's really good. So I, I think like th- those couple of points are like a really interesting way to sort of start this conversation, and that can sort of reveal like sort of like pulling on threads, you know what I mean? And yep. it like just eh, you know pulls on other threads. But I think if we keep those things in mind as Christians, it's going to help us have a conversation about this in a way that's not. Um, like extremely demonic and or like just letting anything in. Does Absol- that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, man. And really well said. I think it's interesting that you go back to the eighties and um you know, I was just a kid during the eighties, but everything was super like there was this hyper vigilance in regards to the demonic. Like everything was demonic, down to the point where like if your kids watch Smurfs, they could get possessed, uh, you know, they get, wow. they get possessed by a demon or something. Like Smurfs, <laughs> Smurfs was a portal. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, and but things have almost um, swung to the uh, to the other side now, to the degree where there's almost a spiritual ignorance, and and many Christians because of there's this weird kind of like I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this weird kind of like pop culture Christianity where you have like kind of just enough Christian philosophy to be saved, but anything kind of like supernatural or spiritual is kind of like void or removed from kind of like this hip form of Christianity that's that's being played out right now. So it's almost like you have a lot of young Christian people that believe in Jesus and they go to their, they, they go to their worship expression. But then in order to get, peace of mind or in order to get a sense of spiritual calm they're turning to the new age and um and different um uh or a form of hinduism or Buddha, buddhism to almost complement their 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 christianity and they're not doing it 
they're just doing it because they're trying to find a form of spirituality that they're not finding in, in, in the, in the church. And so I think this is my own theory that we've kind of swung from this point of there's a demon behind every bush almost to the point of like, there is no demonic and we can kind of engage with whatever and kind of put together our own form of spirituality. As long as Jesus continues to remain our Lord, it's all good. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that we haven't dived into what is that third option? Wow. Right. Okay. Because this is the problem, right? Like, yes, that is true that, that people are, definitely um going to other things to sort of find practical solutions to living in a chaotic world where your mind is constantly inundated with things right yeah and now it would be easy to say oh well these christians they just these early christians now they just don't get it like they just don't get it but it's like well hello like who's why is that right Right? Like, right. why is that? Like, let's look in front of the mirror and be like, are we providing the solutions, the practical solutions for these young people or for people in general to be able to realistically say that, wow, Christ, like, just brings me so much peace, you know? And so, personally, having experienced a lot of these different traditions and, and things like that, like, I'm very interested in, like, man, how can we introduce meditation back into the church? Or how can we, uh, you know, develop practices of mindfulness that help center us more into Christ? And remember, it's the renewing of the mind, you know what I mean? And learning how to breathe in and out through your nose and being aware of what's going on energetically in your body does not mean that you're getting further and further away from Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah. So breathing techniques, um, is, is there some sort of science behind the, uh, these breathing techniques where, where it kind of justifies it for the believers saying this isn't some sort of spiritual thing that we've borrowed from Hinduism. This is a biological benefit to practice these techniques as part of my prayer life or my devotional life. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the other uh, thing that Christians have been really scared of is science in general, right? Because, oh no, it's like we start believing this about science and that's going to totally debunk our whole ideas about everything, you know? And it's like, (laughs) man, like all truth is God's truth, period. Amen, 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 come on. And like... I feel like as we go deeper into science, and actually most scientists are the most, a lot of atheists who have become Christians are, is because they went so far into actually like trying to figure this out that they just came with the logical conclusion that, well, it would actually take more faith to be an atheist. Wow. Wow. And the things that I'm obsessed with now are like this, you know, the whole apologetics movements that that is just like sprouting up you know with people like uh ravi zacharias and you know lee strobel and yeah uh all these amazing people who are just like hey just because we have science doesn't mean that like you know this is disproving us if anything it's giving us ammo to talk to people in a way that's like intellectual and scientifically founded so 
this is the struggle we have, right, with things like meditation, with things like um, breathing uh, techniques and all this stuff, is that scientifically, like, we know they have very valid, um, you know, things that they, that it does for your body. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not the expert on this, but I could definitely point people to resources. But essentially, the, the brain, right, you, you have, like, four kind of brain states, like alpha... Uh, theta, mm -hmm. beta, etc. So to put it simply, like most of our brains live in this like very hyperactive, like do, 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 you know, constantly like stressed out state, right? Okay. So when you're breathing, like th like right now, right? I'm not paying attention to my breath. I have sure. no idea what my breath is doing. Sure. But if I just take a moment and I can just, you know, notice what's going on, right? Just awareness. Well, my brain state actually shifts. As in, your your the state of mind, right, that your brain is in actually shifts. And in my opinion, like, you know, Darren, probably when when you have these sort of like supernatural revelations or something like that, or you get a word of knowledge, like you're in this brain state, right, that you're mm -hmm. not really even aware of, but it's just like this awareness that just like comes in, right? Yeah. Well, if we're constantly like just hearing our own thoughts and our own like sort of neurotic notions of what's going on in life, right? Like it can make it very difficult to actually hear like the word of God or to actually know like what's you and what's something else. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So for you, Alex, um, what kind of meditation do you practice now that you're a believer? Because you, you, you know the kind of meditation where you're actually opening yourself up to to, to basically the demonic, right? Um, mm. And but now you're in Christ. You don't have a fear of the demonic, and now you're actually not you're you are not um, uh, removing all thought from your mind. You're renewing your mind. But I'm just curious, just practically, um, how how do you kind of practice meditation as part of your daily routine? Yeah, so it's funny because I don't really anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, right? I don't. I will say, you know, that like, well, in terms of like what most people would consider traditional meditation, right? As in before, uh, I was focused on more like transcendental meditation, which has become very, very popular in our culture today. And it, it's essentially this idea of a mantra meditation, right? Like you have a mantra and you say that mantra over and over and over and over and over again in your mind until finally your mind basically like just boop, drops down into a level of just kind of like nothingness where like literally you're just, you feel like you're, you don't exist anymore. And it's actually a, an amazing feeling. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, it really is. Right. And I think actually we can get there as Christians and, and feel that uh, that uh, death of self, right? Now, is that mantra, is it something that's logical, like a, a series of words like blue lamp, Lego, rock, or is it no. like, or is it like speaking in tongues? No, it, well, it's not, it's definitely not like speaking in tongues. And I'm glad you asked that because that's where I was going to get to next. But um, it's essentially one word, right, that has, quote, unquote, no meaning. Okay. Right? It has no meaning. Okay, At sure. least that's, that's how they sell it. Sure. Um, so uh, the word could be like, um, 
well, like for instance, Om, right? Buddhists oftentimes uh, chant on the word Om, yep. which they believe the word Om, right, was the word that sort of created everything into existence. Which is interesting because most Buddhists don't even believe there is a God, so that is just interesting in itself. Um, but for transcendentals, basically what they do is, is they say, okay, Darren, you're a male, you're this age, this is your word, okay? Now that word apparently, supposedly, has no meaning, right? As in, it's a word that, to your English sense, doesn't mean anything. Why? Because that way your brain doesn't get focused on, you know, meaning or context or any kind of triggers you have related to that word. Sure. The problem is, is those words come from Vedic Sanskrit texts. So they do have meaning in sort of a morphogenic um, way. Wow, wow. As in, as in, amen, right? Mm-hmm. That has meaning. Like, even if I tell someone the word amen and they don't know English, but they just repeat amen over and over and over again, like, that word has, like, some resonance, right? Like, in the sort of spiritual realm or energetic realm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, what these transcendental words are, and again, these transcendental people, they will argue with this, but if you actually look into it more and you do some research, they're actually words of vedic and you know hindu gods so you know the hindus believe in multiple gods so really essentially what you're doing when you're doing mantra things like that is sometimes you're actually just saying the name of a hindu god over and over again in your mind obviously that's crazy (laughs) you know that has some spiritual implications right (laughs) right (laughs) in the sort of spiritual realm um now, that's not fair to say that that's how all mantra meditation works. Some people can just focus on the word love. Some people can focus on the word peace. Some meditation has nothing to do with mantras at all. And again, you're just focused on your breath, right? Okay. But in my opinion, like, and this is just from experience and also just kind of like my own supernatural bent on things. Sure, you know? sure, sure. But in my opinion, like, right, the goal of most meditation is to open your mind, to clear your mind, for you to experience something, right? So let's just say that something is, could be many, many things. So in a Christian context, that something could be Christ, that something could be um, Holy Spirit, that something could be uh, pretty much, hopefully, that's about it, or God, you know, the Trinity, essentially, but if you're not grounded in Christianity, right, if you're, if you're not grounded in that relationship with Christ, well, then that something could be who knows what. Wow, wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it could be Christ, actually. It could be the Holy Spirit trying to send you something. Or it could be something very different. It could be your own, you know, delusions. It could be something demonic. It could be... It could be a whole range of things, and the problem is you just don't know, right? So that's so, that's why that's why oftentimes people that uh, begin, um, I mean, I've seen this a few times where people that are practicing meditation on a regular basis actually begin channeling. Um, uh huh. I don't. I I would just refer to it as like spirit tutors because they're almost being tutored yep. by by spirits. 
but I, I heard you use the word ascended masters the other day, but it sounds like this is like a regular thing. And it would make sense that if you're chanting this, um, this Hindu God's name without even realizing it, that you could, you could summon up that kind of, that kind of spirit, you know? And yeah. so it just makes sense that, that that would begin to manifest and you begin to have those kind of encounters. Yeah, and, and for Christians or, or for people who are like, oh, I don't believe in that. Come on, that's too much. It's like, well, yet we believe that we can experience the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Well, you know, what's the difference, right? It's either the Holy, this is how I like to put it. It's either the Holy Spirit or it's something else. Right, right, right. Point blank. Like it's either the Holy Spirit or it's something else. And if you don't know what the Holy Spirit is, or you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Trinity and et cetera, then you don't know what it is, you know? And I'll put it this way, like Sean Bowles, you know, we love Sean. Obviously, many people who are listening probably know who he is. Yeah. I remember being at one of his conferences, and, and the way he said this just, like, just clicked so well. Because he was essentially like, you know, we know in psychology you know, and through a lot of studies that when you're in a monogamous relationship, like it has amazing benefits, right? We know that when you're sleeping around with people and you're sleeping around with a bunch of people, those same benefits don't really exist, right? Right. It's the same in the spiritual realm, right? If you have a monogamous relationship with Jesus Christ, like you're going to experience all these things, but if you're just sleeping around with any kind of spirit tutor or ascended master or spirits that are going to come in and help, then you don't have any foundation at all, you know? Yeah, that's really, that's really good. Um, I, I also think it's interesting that you, you, got, you got guys like uh, Tim Ferriss that are kind of proponents of TM, and yet, yeah. and yet he is very outspoken in his attempt to separate the spiritual from the secular, essentially since he isn't a big fan of the of the spiritual and he calls it woo woo and whatever else and yet here he is chanting probably the name of some sort of hindu god and experiencing the benefits of it while separating while trying to intellectually separate what he's doing from being spiritual yeah and of course we know right that <laughs> there's no like there's no separation, right? It's always like wow, I mean, interacting really and yeah. mingling and, you know, crashing into each other. And really, you know, you know, what I love about new age people and whatever is that they always say it's always a spiritual problem, right? And so they understand these things. And yeah, for people who are not um, spiritually inclined, they're doing practices, right? Like Tim Ferriss, as an example, or other people that is like that is inherently like a spiritual practice that has spiritual um origins you know what i mean like you can't just ignore that and i think the problem is is that tim ferris probably doesn't know that right like he doesn't know that he's like possibly chanting you know the name of some Hindu God or whatever. And even people in the transcendental uh, community will argue that till they're blue in the face. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. just, yeah. Hey, what were you going to say? Uh, right, right, the, <laughs> right, right at the very beginning, you were going to tell us about some sort of uh, uh, psychedelic meditation trip oh, or something man. like, 
Dude, yeah. I wanted to go back to that really quick. I don't want to miss out on that. <laughs> okay, well. Speaking of Smurfs. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we didn't have time to go into this uh, in the first interview. Yeah. But I had actually done a psychedelic. I'd gone on a sort of psychedelic journey. Um, I'm sure maybe you've heard of ayahuasca. Have you right, heard of right. that? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I didn't do ayahuasca, but I did something very similar to that, which is called um, iboga. yeah. And uh, it's interesting because it's called the the white plant. It's called the plant of consciousness is what they call it. And they actually believe that Buddha actually took this plant um, when he was sort of, you know, at a certain age or whatever. And the reason I, right, this was before, this was like eight months before I went on this meditation journey, okay. right? Yep. But the, and again, I wasn't really uh, bound in Christ. I wasn't, you know in Christ necessarily. Even though I was going to church and loved Jesus, I just couldn't believe he was who he said he was, if that makes sense. Okay. In terms of his exclusivity. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Again, right? Dating everyone because I want to be this awesome, like, ascended master too. I want to have this sort of Christ consciousness, this elevation. Spiritually, um, you, want, you wanted to remain spiritually open. Yeah. And not be closed-minded. and Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So I went on this journey, this Iboga journey, and essentially it was uh, a weekend, like three or four nights, and it was with a group of shamans and a group of, uh, um, uh, what do you call those people who see the future or whatever? (laughs) I can't even remember their names now. Psychics. Psychics. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, and, and was this, was this in the U.S. or did this you, is in the U.S. Okay, it's super secretive. Like, yep. you know, they can't tell anyone. Uh, literally, before we were chosen to do the plant, they had a list of names that they had to ask the plant for permission to do it. Um, so some people didn't even get to do the plant, get to experience the plant. Hold on, uh, they, they spoke to the plant. To yes, get permission they, to get permission from the plant. Yes, wow, I know it okay. sounds, I know it sounds right. crazy, but to but to them, that's wow. that's similar to us saying we speak to the Holy Spirit to get permission from the Holy Spirit to to cast out demons and et cetera. You know, so it's really sure. not again okay. this idea of to an unknown God, right? That's right? right, how I like right. to think of it. Right. Um. But what the difference between something like that and if and ayahuasca right like brings you out of your experience and you're like i mean so i've heard you're tripping into like multi-universe and all that stuff but a boga brings you in to your experience so it brings you in like side of yourself in some way and the whole point again is to sort of fix all the things that you know went wrong in your life and to break all the blocks and to fix yourself so that you can help others right now is that where uh the common trip is that it takes you back to the womb sometimes yeah i mean it really just it takes you through everything wow you know? okay um and you know again having gone through cancer having gone through all this stuff in my life i've wanted answers you know i wanted to like avoid getting sick again i wanted to and the reason I wanted it here is because I wasn't finding it in the church. Right. Wow. Alex. So I just want to say that very loud and clear. Alex. Wow. Okay. And that's why I have so much sympathy and understanding for these people because like, hey, man, 
I got to find it somewhere, right? We all are looking for that. Like we all are looking for that deep healing, you know, freedom, salvation from the things that have held us in bondage. And if we're not finding it in the church, we will go seek it somewhere else. Wow. That's why they call them seekers, right? They're seeking. And the problem is if it's not through Christ, the seeking will never end. Wow. Wow. Because there's always something to fix. And that's why Christ is so unique, right? Because it's through grace, through faith, not through works. And that's why it's also so hard for us to grasp as Westerners who are constantly in this mode of like, if I do this, I'll get that and this and that and that. Ascension, right? (laughs) The idea of ascended masters. So if you think of ascension in the natural realm, right? Oh, I get a promotion, I get a promotion, I get a promotion, I get more money. Well, in the spiritual realm, it's a similar concept. So where I'm going with all this is <laughs> essentially that was my first time where I really experienced like the spiritual realm and like some X-Men stuff. You know what I mean? I was just like, whoa, this is real. You know, like, holy crap. You know, these psychics, like they knew things like undoubtedly these shamans, they, you know, they, they were able to do stuff. You know, I remember um one time, uh, so we're all lying on the floor and basically when you close your eyes, um, you go, you have like things that you want to work on, right? Things you want to fix on things you want to fix or whatever. Right. So <laughs> when you close your eyes, you have like a vision and then you kind of work through it and you fix it and you learn all these things and the spirits telling you all these things and all this stuff and it, and it helps you. So you think. Uh, and then, but if you open your eyes, you're totally fine. Like you can literally go to the bathroom. You can literally go drive a car. You can go do whatever you lie down again. You close your eyes. The vision start happening. again. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. So it's this crazy, like elevated level of consciousness that you've never experienced before. And that's just common. That's, and it's kind of like that for everybody or, 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 yeah, it's like that for everybody. Okay. Wow. Now some people though, they'll like throw up a little bit, right? Because they're literally like throwing up like the cellular trauma and tissue that's been stored in their body over like a lifetime of pain and hurt or whatever. At least that's what they say. Okay. Um, but the supernatural realm like was very real. It was opened up. I could see, I could, I could, I knew like it was real. I could say that much. Wow. Because, you know, for instance, one of the girls, they had like candles on this, um, this uh, night, st- this ledge or whatever that no one was touching. They were out of reach. You couldn't touch them necessarily, but they were communicating right in the spit. The 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 shaman and the uh, psychics were communicating with ascended masters in the spiritual realm to sort of get back information and all this stuff to help us. Right. Wow. So it sounds crazy, of yeah. course, but. It was real in some ways because, um, you know, one of the girls came up from a vision and she was like, oh, I saw this and this and this. I don't really know what it means. And the psychic whispers something to the shaman and the shaman's like, did you just break up with your boyfriend? Blah, blah, said all this stuff. She's like, yes. He's like, okay, that guy put a curse on you. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, look at your candle. And we all look at their candle, look at her candle because each candle represents the, the person like each of us. And her candle, her flame had turned black. Wow. Wow. By itself. Wow. 
And so, <laughs> so he was like, Good times. he was like, yeah, we were like, whoa, holy shit, you know? So the next time he was like, this time in your vision, turn right. You know, it's just like, okay, what's going to happen, you know? So next time she comes back and she's like, I turned right this time and I feel like something broke and all that. And he's like, and he's like, yes, the curse has been lifted. And you look at her candle and it's just a flame again. Wow. Wow. So it's wow. like something's happening. You know what I mean? Now, I definitely don't think that everything that was happening was from Christ, right? Right, right, I right. I definitely don't think that at all. Now, do I think that there may have been some things that Christ was able to like sneak in in those visions and like help people with possibly, but not because he's like one of those other ascended masters, but because in my opinion, he's like fighting for these people. You know what I mean? Like in the spiritual realm. Crazy. But the, but the problem is when you submit yourself right to that realm, he, he doesn't really have the same kind of authority to just yank you out. Does that make sense? Right. Because that would go against God's sovereign, like, will that he has for all of us, which is free will, which is choice. Right. It'd almost be a violation of love. It'd be a, it'd, it'd be a violation of love. Exactly. And I even remember one guy um, came out of one of the visions, and he actually talked about Jesus. And he actually talked about how he had, he'd actually been seeing Jesus in his uh in his dreams and all this stuff and jesus has been visiting him but this guy was jewish um and it was just so interesting because i didn't understand it then right that like that man <laughs> jesus was like with you before this experience trying to help you bro and you know so anyways so long story short what ended up happening with this plant and psychedelic things like that is that these things, right, they they start to wrap around your soul, in a sense. As in, you've kind of signed a contract, a sort of like the hidden terms in the agreement, right? Interesting, yep. Interesting. Think, about, think about Adam and Eve, right? They bit the apple, right? It's the same kind of concept, right? You're like taking something to give you the knowledge of, of God, right? Wow, to to wow. become like God. And that's essentially where a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, etc., tries again to move into, right? Becoming like God, fixing yourself, not knowing that these things are literally wrapping around you, holding you, keeping you in bondage until you finally like realize it and say no, I want to be free from this, and the only way to do that is through Christ. Uh, that was uh, a lot. Sorry. No, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. It's it's intriguing, and in, because this whole thing of like uh, of psychedelics is becoming a pretty uh, popular thing. With, Another within, thing, yes. it's it's a uh, it's illegal, and yet it's you have actually, from what I've seen, um, millions of dollars that are going into psychedelic research mm-hmm. at major universities for curing everything from depression. Uh, to drug addiction, mm-hmm. and um, and then you also have kind of um, like the encounter that you went on is becoming a pretty popular thing, even for different celebrities and pop culture yeah. icons and and such. So it's it's crazy because it's like it's like the third world mystical 
um, stories that we used to hear from the missionaries are no longer third world crazy. Like these, like we used to hear these stories about, you know, witch doctors turning like shape shifting into tigers or like witches flying through the air, like coming from, you know, Africa and India, these, these different places. But now it's like those third world, um, mystic experiences are now becoming commonplace in America. And, and, and it's like Westerners are opening up their gates, the gates of their own soul, uh, to that realm. And, and what's great. So and on one hand, that's kind of good because it, it provides an opportunity for us to see a third world revival type encounter. That's been normal yeah. in Africa and India that we could see that kind of, uh, dynamics start to take place in America. It's like where darkness abounds. Grace, you know, it, it provides opportunity for grace to really show up and take its place. Uh, on the other hand, it's 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 frightening. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think I don't know why I'm led to say this, but I, I think regardless, Jesus can take care of anything. Come on. Right. And so like this idea that like I was so deep into that stuff, dude, like I was literally having conversations. So I thought and I probably was with like ascended masters and, you know, people and, uh, you know, talking to Jesus, talking to Buddha, talking to uh, this other guy who I can't even remember his name, which is probably good because Jesus doesn't really want me to remember, you know, and at the same time the power of repentance and the power of like putting your faith in Christ, no matter how far astray you've gone, just totally obliterates it all like in just a moment, you know, and that's what we've talked about before. Um, and so it, dude, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like you're the the superhero and like the the villain like shows you all the plans you know like right before he thinks he's gonna kill oh, you right 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 yep and yep. then it's like <laughs> ha gotcha and now i know what you're up to and what you're doing <laughs> wow and so that's kind of how i feel sometimes i'm like oh yeah i see the villain's trying to do that and he's trying to do this and he's trying to do that and sometimes i'm like hmm maybe i can kind of use that thing he's doing and just totally flip it on its head and like have people like enter into Christ that way. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny because I was even thinking about this kind of stuff like as I was there, right? Like I remember like saying to the whole group, I was like, you know what would be hilarious? Like what if we just had these placebo pills and did a group and and we gave them this placebo pill and we had them go through this whole experience and then at the end we just said see you didn't need the drug wouldn't that be hilarious and people were like no that would be all and you know (laughs) like but like yeah anyways then that gets into a whole conversation of tricking people into jesus which is obviously not good and all this but you know what i mean like we gotta get creative dude is what i'm trying (laughs) to say like we really do i think Hey, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you just mentioned that you would see all these different ascended masters in Jesus. And one of the things that's coming up a lot is this idea of, of, of within the new age is the name Jesus is coming up a lot to the degree that I just heard a lady talking recently on the station that hosts my radio show. Um, this lady was talking about how Jesus came to her for 30 days 
and gave her all this um, revelation that was contrary to what you read in the Bible. And it was, <laughs> you know, and it was, it's basically, it was almost like a counterfeit Christ. My, sure. qu- like my question for you is like, um, when, when, when you hear this term Christ consciousness, um, yeah. what, what does that mean? And, and is there a counterfeit Christ that's coming to people or counterfeit Jesus? Is that two different? Is that two different topics, or is Christ consciousness and this kind of mystic counterfeit Christ? Are is that related? And can you shed some light on this? Because I I don't really know what they're talking. About. I always take it back to no, it's not Christ conscious. It's Christ the person. You got to know the person. You know. Yeah. But, well, I would I would say they it's kind of both, right? There, there's sort of two different things, but the pursuit of Christ consciousness can lead to a false Christ. So first off, like, what is Christ consciousness? Well, and this is also what got me into trouble, too, so I can speak on this. Christ consciousness is this idea that, um, you know, the highest state of intellectual development and emotional maturity and consciousness that you can obtain is Christ consciousness. As in Jesus, like, achieved this higher state of being, right? Now, what they believe, though, is that Jesus achieved this Christ consciousness in his human life. Wow. So let's break that down, right? Obviously, as Christians, we believe Jesus didn't achieve Christ consciousness. Like, Jesus was born the Son of God. He already had all of that, right? Right. And we see that, obviously, early on, like when Jesus as a kid is in the temple— and, you know, his parents are like, wow, shoot, where the heck is Jesus? We lost him. And they come to the temple and he's like, don't you know I have to be in my father's house? <laughs> right. Like, he's basically saying, like, don't you know this is who I am? Right? This is what I've been born to do. This is, like, who I am. Right? Yeah. And so, there's this, and, and and this is the thing, too. A lot of New Age people and, and et cetera, they're pulling from Gnostic sources, which can get very complicated, too. Right? And so there's a need for us to actually be able to intellectually defend the Gospels in an apologetic way, I believe, too, which is why I was talking about apologetics earlier. It's really good. But there's this belief that with Christ consciousness that Jesus essentially, right, because we don't have, you know, we don't have certain things about him as that kid, and then he's, and then boom, he just starts his ministry, right? Right, right. So there's this whole narrative that has sort of developed within some of these spaces that Jesus essentially retreated to um, to the Himalaya mountains when he was younger and actually learned from these ascended masters how to become who he then became, how to achieve Christ consciousness. Interesting. And it was there that he learned that he was meant to essentially die, you know, for the sins of the world, et cetera, et cetera. But again, it's this idea that he achieved Christ consciousness. Interesting. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, of course, this has, you know, no, in terms of what we study, right, uh, historical uh, data, relevancy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that's why it's really, it is really important to talk about the Gospels in terms of, you know, they were written within the lifetime that he lived. These Gnostic texts came centuries later, you know, all this other stuff. Right, but right. But the point is, is that it's 
in in my opinion, it's a it's a sort of way to. Oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is like my best friend. He's like he's amazing. But like he's not who he said he was to you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. As so in, it's like I don't need Jesus as a savior. He's almost more of a like a model of one who ascended and became uh a, 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 like a god. So I don't need him as a savior. I can I can I can he he can inspire me. And then we're more like peers. We could be more like peers versus like forgiving of my sins and all that kind of thing. Exactly. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Exactly. Like I want to become just like Jesus, but I want to become just like Jesus by achieving all the things that he achieved and by learning to do all the things he learned to do instead of dying to myself and letting him come in me and just rebirth everything, which is a whole lot easier, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. it's a whole lot easier. It takes a lot less time. <laughs> just by faith, agree. <laughs> yes. Like, die to yourself. Yeah, that's right. Let the Holy Spirit come in and done you Man, know that's like, that's so helpful thank you so much for breaking that down because I, I i i was just interpreting it through you know christ consciousness so being conscious of christ which spoken to me was like they just simply define that as love you know love in and of itself is christ consciousness but the way you explained it really makes it really frames it up so i can see what they're talking about right and now so this is the interesting thing right because as christians we could actually use that term in a way that frames it towards the truth, right? Oh, absolutely. Because it is true that Christ consciousness, right? The consciousness of Christ represented perfect love, represented God in human form on earth. Absolutely. So instead of being afraid to like talk about the term, like what we are really bad at, dude, we're really bad at listening. That's right. To people who have other like ideas about this stuff. And what I've found is that these people are actually really, really confused, but they think they know what it is. And if you just start asking questions like, what do you mean by Christ consciousness? Oh, it means this and this. Oh, that's interesting. Well, like, what does that mean to you? And and so Tim Keller, uh, one of my favorite guys, he always talks about the best way to persuade someone is Right, because this, this is how most conversations we go, right? Oh, yeah, Christ consciousness is is the love of Christ and it perfectly, you know, exhibited. And then someone would be like, no, 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 Christ consciousness was the human form of of Jesus. Like, it's, he's a human, and then it just becomes this thing, right? Yep, yep. Instead, Christ consciousness is the consciousness of love perfectly manifested in Jesus. Yeah, I agree with that. Can you tell me more, right? It's to like... You have to find all the points that you agree on and then make them see that actually then there's a then there's a point, right? Where it doesn't what they're what they're professing doesn't actually make sense. Right? So you use their own truth claims against them. Right? Just as an atheist would say, Oh oh, well, there is no such thing as truth. And you and you can say, Well, how is that true? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so, anyways, we could like, probably unravel. Well, that's not like, true. But yeah, no. <laughs> so you could probably unravel how that Christ consciousness conversation would go. But my point is, man, is we need to be like, I think instead of like constantly trying to cast out demons, like you know, renewing the mind, right? 
like how do you cast out demons like yes you can cast out demons the way jesus did obviously that's that's great and yet how do you renew the mind you know you gotta know what's what are they believing what's going on in their mind about these things so that you can just like have them almost trip over their own assertions yeah and and uh, one of the things I appreciate about, appreciate about you, Alex, is that you've you've done an enormous amount of homework in a very short amount of time, and yet you haven't ascertained all this new data so that you can use it like ammunition to shoot people that are in a disagreement with you. It's like you have this beautiful heart of love, and you're using this information in order to bring understanding so people can really understand what you believe, why you believe it, and that it's not nonsense. And so I love that when I when I've heard you defending the faith, you're using the Bible, you're also using um historical evidence and but it's not coming from this place of like of uh, just being argumentative to be argumentative. It really is coming from this place of love that I love you and I want to take the time to explain. You don't have to agree with me, but I want you to understand where I'm at and why I'm making the decisions that I'm making right now. And I just think that's that's um you're you're living that out beautifully yeah and, and look at jesus right nine times out of ten when someone asks him a question he asks him a question <laughs> right 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 well why was he doing that because intent is prior to content wow wow which i totally stole from robbie <laughs> <laughs> so you can say wow to him but it's true man pregnant the question, pause pregnant yeah. pause <laughs> the question is never the question wow there's always intent behind their question, Wow! right? So someone can ask you, well, am I going to hell if I don't believe in Jesus? Well, depending on the intent as to why they're asking that question, as in are they asking because someone just died and they're afraid they went to hell? Are they asking because they're a seeker? Are they asking because they don't believe in hell? Are they asking because they want to trap me? If you don't know the intent to their question, if 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 you give the wrong answer, if you give the right answer to the wrong question, it's always going to be wrong. That's good, really, really good. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Because that question, right? Am I going to hell if I don't believe in Jesus? Could actually be eleven different questions, depending on their intent for asking that question. Yeah. So it's asking so, asking the question to a question to find out the intent behind the question. So that you're bringing the right answer to meet people where they're really at, versus just taking the taking the bait, um, you know, for kind of a trap um, where you can kind of get squished and whatever. Yes. Cultural yes. hotbed topic maybe present yes. at that time. And we can use that same logic to things like when people are talking about things, right? The Again, going back to this idea of the unknown God, right? Yep. When they're talking about things like Christ consciousness, it's like we can get into with questions and, and logic and all this stuff. What is their intent? What are they after with seeking this Christ consciousness? What are they really trying to find, right? And then just eventually getting them down to a point where it's just like, hey, it's actually really simple. It's just this. Do you, do you, do you see that now? And they might not be able to see it right then, but at least they'll have gone through a journey with you, right? Yeah, so good, so good. Now, I want to switch up gears a little bit. Um, uh, this has been kind of like a, a hot topic just in the last week. Some Christian blogger, I, I've never actually heard of him before because I don't read a lot of Christian blogs. <laughs> but um, uh, somebody, somebody in the church sent me this article. on on on, on uh, He posted a, a tweet last week 
about basically how you can't be a Christian and practice yoga. I mean, basically, if you're practicing yoga, you're essentially worshiping Hindu gods through poses that, you know, I don't know what the tweet was, but it exploded. And the explosion, uh, the, the explosion sure. it wasn't a positive explosion. It was like one of those things where there were more comments than um, than likes or shares. I forget what they call that in the social world. Um, there's some name for it, I guess. Um, mm. And then that kind of spurred on a blog post that he did defending his tweet. So I've noticed that yoga has been kind of like a don't ask, don't tell within the church. Um, it's kind of like you, you have, you know, and I've always said there's two forms of yoga. There's there's spiritual yoga and then there's stretching while trying not to fart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll i admit um, I've been known to uh, pop in the old P90X yoga DVD from time to time. And let me just tell you, I don't think there's anything spiritual about uh, Tony Horton. <laughs> 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 like, you know, like, like you're doing these, like you're like basically stretching and there's like, crazy 80s metal in the background but you know um uh, I'm, I'm having fun but alex I, i'd be curious you know this is such a topic right now and it kind of goes back to the whole thing of opening your gates maybe uh like in a place of ignorance you don't necessarily know what you're doing and i'm wondering if if yoga is as straightforward as transcendental meditation um because to me transcendental meditation tm sounds pretty pretty darn straightforward <laughs> as far as what you're as far as what you're doing and so i'm curious um i don't know if i'm not I, i'm just kind of assuming that you yeah so what do you think to yeah. yoga or not to yoga <laughs> for I the think, for the christian i think again right we tend to think in option one or option two right and right. like maybe there's a third option oh my gosh the third <laughs> option that's too hard for my mind to understand <laughs> holding Please. the pose while saying jesus Make jesus 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 <laughs> i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the i mean the reality is is that yeah yoga uh found its roots five thousand years ago in a sanskrit text right in sanskrit uh, in the Vedas, I'm sorry. And so Vedas are essentially like s the scriptures for Hindus, you know? And yoga actually means, is a, is a Sanskrit word that actually means union with God or yoke, right? Wow, okay. So, you know, yes, we should know that. We should be aware of that. And we should also be aware that Western yoga is very different than how yoga was originally intended. So yoga was originally intended as a way to um, open yourself up, mind, body, spirit, to experiencing God, right? To come into union with God. So it was kind of, it was kind of like yoga and meditation work together, okay. right? So they would do this to open themselves up, so that then they could meditate and experience, be in union with God. So they would open themselves up from a physical perspective, but also from a mental perspective. Okay. Um, and also when you're doing, let's say like sun salutation, right? Right. right. Well, that was the pose towards the sun God, right? Now, it wasn't just like, I mean, sun salutation, like think about it. You're saluting the sun, you know, you're giving praise in some ways Interesting. to the sun. Right. So there are definitely like some, some uh, just blatant things that obviously are not, you know, 
Christian, right? And and are in some ways a bit sketchy if you're a Christian, you know? Um, and the problem is, is that, again, it, it tends to become just like one or the other, right? Because, you know, I don't really know where I stand on all this, to be honest, but I know that, right, like exercising in certain ways and doing certain poses, like, okay, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But if you're doing it and, you know, having some kind of mantra involved or calling it, you know, sun salutation or, you know, again, these things, they do have morphic resonances, you know. And what I think is interesting now is there's this push towards, I was just reading about this today, actually. Uh, This woman started, uh, she grew up sort of in the New Age movement, too. And she started what's called praise moves. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so she actually grown up, you know, her mom was, uh, teaching her to do yoga for 22 years. She actually became a yoga instructor. She was also, uh, the model normally for these classes, you know, and then she had this revelation that God gave her that was like, Hey, I want you to actually use this for my benefit. Right. Um, and so what she would do is, is she would take similar moves, but instead of calling it like sun salutation or something like that, like they would actually say scripture, like as they're doing it. Right. So, you know, like one of the postures of like holding out your hands, you know what I mean? Uh, she would, you know, talk about, uh, but we have treasures and earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us, you know? Interesting. And so, she again is under this idea, which I agree with, that um, it's not about emptying your mind; it's about renewing your mind, right, with the Word of God. Not empty your mind, empty your mind, but fill your mind with the Word of God. You know, so I personally think if it's all about like what, how are you using this, right? Because, again, I think God can take all things and use them for good. You know what I mean? If, if I mean, not all things, obviously, like if you're <laughs> murdering someone sure, or something sure, like sure. that. But some people, they they really resonate with the postures, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I don't know, maybe there's a way where we can actually reclaim this practice, you know? Instead of, like, being in fear of it and being... Um, you know, just in some ways, dude, like in a stronghold to it itself, right? As in, I find like often, right, as Christians, we're supposed to have all this freedom, we're supposed to have all this, but we, a lot of times we just end up becoming paranoid, like (laughs) people, and that's actually a stronghold itself. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think just the whole thing of fear is one of the biggest open doors to the demonic. Yeah, you know, and so if in, 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 in any sort of way, if if there's on the other side, ignorance can be the can be the same thing, and so I think it's the kind of thing where having these kind of conversations conversations are really helpful because if you have somebody that's full on full time uh, involved in yoga and they are a Christian, they they might not even like hearing a conversation like this because they don't even want to hear its origins are like, please, whatever I'm, you know, so there can yes. be a place of ignorance where people yes. are, uh, where Christians are like, whatever. And they are actually opening themselves up to the demonic on, on, at the same time, you might have 
Christians that are like, I, you know, because of fear, they're just refusing to work out altogether. And so one hand, <laughs> on one hand, they're cursing yoga while they got a McDonald's addiction. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it, it, and that McDonald's addiction is destroying their body, um, you know, far more than, than perhaps maybe even a demon would. <laughs> sure. Sure. <You> know? <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this is how I kind of like to think of it. Even as we were just talking, this kind of came to me, right? Like, who are you praising while you're doing it? Yeah. Like, where is your praise going to and how is that praise being expressed? Right. As in, I think like, I think if Jesus was like, oh, man, this yoga thing is really becoming popular. I feel like he'd go into a yoga class and be like, truly, truly, I tell you, <laughs> don't say this word. Say this word instead. <laughs> Goodbye. You know what I mean? Peace like, out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how would, G- like, would Jesus be like, would Jesus go into a yoga class and just like completely like cast? I don't know. You know what Start I mean? Start whacking like, people with a know. yoga mat. Like, like, <laughs> I just don't think he would do that, you know? Because like, Again, and, and it's this idea, right, of like the unknown God, right? Now, if you're a Christian and you blatantly have knowledge of like these certain words, like because uh, certain words in yoga, you know, certain postures are called very certain words, right? And those words, again, they do have Hindu roots. Like there's just no denying that. So if you're just, if you're a Christian and you're engaging with that, out of ignorance, that's one thing. But out of just denial is a completely other thing, Right. But if you take yoga, like let's say you're a yoga instructor and you have these deep Christian beliefs and you somehow want to transform that and use that for the kingdom, I don't know. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? And maybe those Hindus, when they're experiencing yoga, maybe they are actually encountering God and Jesus and they're just calling it the unknown God, you know? They just think it's something that it's not. Like, I, I think most, like, Personally, I think I think a much healthier way of thinking about, you know, Islam, Hinduism, whatever, etc., is not that like, oh, they they're they've got these demonic spirits and all this stuff. They're worshiping the unknown god. That's just easier for my head and like much more it makes me much more loving towards them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you about this. Um this is going to uh, Can I can I say one more thing yeah, about yeah, yeah. this? Because look, dude, this is the truth. Muslims, um, dude, they are killing us in terms of their discipline and their worship, right? I can't remember the stat, but it, it's something ridiculous. I mean, because they, they pray, right, every day for, uh, man, I wish I had that stat. But it makes Christians look pathetic, dude. Just you, in terms well, of our discipline, right, to prayer, our discipline to to the word, et cetera, et cetera. And so, man, like, there's things we can learn from these people. But you why, know? why do you think that is? I mean, do you think that, that's, that that discipline's coming more out of a fear-based religion where if you don't do that, you know— um, you're going to be rejected from your from your peers and from the religion. I mean, I think that Christianity is such a grace based religion that to a certain yeah. degree we we lose all sense of discipline and real and in losing our discipline we actually lose a form of freedom and liberty. But yeah. don't you think that um, that in Islam that that their worship it's not coming from a place from a posture of a gift to a law as much as it is. 
I better do that. It's more coming from a place of fear or shame. Well, you know, or do you think it's coming from passion and praise? You know what I'm saying? I think it is. I think it's a mixture of both. You know what I mean? Like I think these these people, right? They're extremely passionate about their God, and so much so, right, that they're willing to die for them in ways that are right, obviously right. extreme that we don't condone. But what I'm saying is that, like, whether whether or not it's conditioned, you know, or whether or not it's manipulative, like, yes, that's that's probably definitely true. But like. My point is that these people have passion for their gods. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? And they they dig into that and and they I just think I think there are things we can learn from these other religions and not going so far into the land of oh well yeah, well let's just accept all religions as having the truth. Like I 100% agree Jesus is the truth, period. And yet what can we learn from these people and how can we like um, enter into that fold with Christ in a way that's like surprising and not like hateful? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Is there room for growth? Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. that's why, that's why I feel like um, whatever, whatever you want to call it, revival or awakening or, or whatever within the Christian church, man, it's just not an option. Because we have kind of this westernized narrative for Christianity that looks nothing like the Book of Acts, and I think that we're totally. that we're we're about to lose. I don't think the God's not going to let this happen. But if we don't see a spiritual awakening, a third great awakening, we could lose one to two generations, meaning mm. that the Xers and the Millennials, because statistically they're just not in the church, right? And um, and I don't think that a, a, a some sort of program or some sort of – I'm not trying to be negative, but I, I just think that like the stats that I'm seeing, bro, like even coming out of like these mega churches is that they're, mm -hmm. they're all boomers and builders and there's like no Xers. Like mm -hmm. e even Saddleback Church with Rick Warren, like they have like 30,000 members or whatever and like less than a 1,000 teenagers. Like don't quote me on those numbers. But like, man, I just think that I just think that we've got to see we we've got to see the kind of habitation where it's like where Christianity just gets lit up and we become the book of Acts again, you know? Yeah. And I think part of that is recognizing the things that are replacing Christianity and not trying to hold up a shield and like beat it down, but like. You know, what's interesting about Jesus, right? It's like a lot of times when he was casting out demons, like they were running at him, right? <laughs> right, right like right. they were coming for him and they yeah. were, and, and I think sometimes we as Christians, we like run away from it sometimes, right? Wow. Yeah. Like, oh, we got to run away from yoga. We got to run away from meditation. We got to, instead of being like, hey, come at me, bro. <laughs> Come on. I'll tell you who yeah. Jesus is. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, right. this meditation thing. Yeah, that's super interesting. Here, let's let's meditate. What are you sensing? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Holy Spirit. No, that's not that other thing you're thinking about. <laughs> what do you what did you think it was? Oh no, I can tell you why that that's probably Oh no no. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, man. Like does that make sense? Yeah, it's really good, Alex. It's really good. Yeah. And because this is the thing, dude, if we really have assurance in Christ like, are we still scared that somehow if we engage 
like intelligently with these things that we're somehow going to get like taken over and lose our salvation and be forever demonically possessed. Like, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think my biggest thing is like, I, I, I just don't want to see, I don't want to see ignorant believers who don't have, yes. a fo- who don't have a form of spirituality get, yes. c- get lured into full on Hinduism or Buddhism and turn exactly. their back on Christianity altogether because they found inner peace and they found mystic experience um, when they could have had the real thing in Christ. You know what I'm saying? And uh-huh. like, yeah. And so I, I that, that's where I feel like, like I don't want people to be like freaked out at the same time. I want, I want people to realize that these are very real, you know, these are real, very real portals or access points yes. I- into an unhealthy place in the spirit. And so like, and that's where like, oftentimes like people that have come out of these things, they're like hyper vigilant to be like, why would you even, you know, it's like, it's the same thing. Like for like, um, I don't know if it's a good or a bad example. It's the same kind of thing as like somebody that's come out of hardcore alcoholism. They mm-hmm. might be like, why would you have a glass of wine with, di- how could you do that? Like, don't you know what I've been through? And yet for like, for a lot of Christians, they're like, this is food. Like, <laughs> like I, you know, I like a good cab with my steak. Like, leave me alone. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna be homeless. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. So I think that there is, that there is, a, there is just a good place of having these kind of conversations while not having to like lock ourselves down with some sort of religious legalism. Hundred percent, and and that's what I mean by like intelligently engaging with these things, right? Because here's the truth: like, if we really believe that those things are super demonic and are super whatever, then shouldn't we be going into them and trying to set people free? Come on, yeah, that's and like releasing them from that bondage. Yeah, you know. And if I'm if and what I'm what I mean by is like training like tactical like spies or like (laughs) undercover like agents you know what i mean i'm just actually as i'm thinking about this i'm like really thinking about it now like these are actually the places i should be going into and trying to talk to people but that's what you you that's what you are doing man you've you've built this like you you've come out of this whole world and yet you've chosen to remain in it not to participate and these other spiritual practices, but to continue to love the people that you were doing life with and to bring them on your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you this. I don't know if you know anything about this, but j- just re- recently I was uh, listening to a, uh, a Christian podcast where they're helping out uh, Christians with their, with their marriages and, and helping men overcome you know, such issues as like pornography, opening up intimacy and connection within Christian marriages. And like, so it's a, it's a, it's a very excellent Christian marriage podcast. But one of the things that they were talking about was actually using the, and I don't even know how to say it because I'm not uh, the Kalma Sutra. Is that, is that what you, is that what you uh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking Car- about? Karma Sutra? Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Hindu sex book. Oh, Do you know oh what I'm talking about? um, yeah. You're talking about, uh, <laughs> Uh, Kama Sutra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so they were actually uh, like recommending. Th- so this these, this Christian host was actually recommending Christian married couples to use that book to inspire different sexual positions. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, I I think it ties into that same kind of conversation. But it also might be, I don't know. Something for me was kind of like it, it, I thought. I don't know. I don't know if. Like I wouldn't recommend it because I don't know anything about that book and how 
um, sexuality integrates into worship within Hinduism. But I would, yeah. I would, I would suppose that they would be using sexual positions in the same way that they use yoga positions as positions of worship to a particular god. But do you have any education on on that at all? Or oh man, I wish I did, but because <laughs> that sounds <laughs> sounds more interesting than meditation. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and is there a way to redeem that? <laughs> oh my god! Because we know that we know that our sexuality is worship before the Lord. I mean, we see that all throughout the Song of Solomon and everything. Uh-huh. But we also know that uh, that sexuality is a huge. A gateway or portal within different cults and world religions, and so um, that's where I was wondering if, uh, yeah, if you had any education on that, just knowing if that is like, I thought I I was definitely it was kind of a red flag moment hearing this Christian host recommending kind of this Hindu sexual handbook uh-huh. as a resource to Christian couples. Yeah, well, I think what's interesting is that uh, at least what I know about it just sort of very vaguely is that it's more a philosophy and theory of love um that sort of trigger like what triggers desire what sustains it how and when is that good or bad right so just like yoga right if you if you take all the poses and you strip the spirituality out of it well then it just becomes a physical exercise in some points but then you almost can't call it yoga. Right, right. Right? So if you, in the same sense, like if you just take like maybe these sexual positions or whatever and you strip all of the other stuff out, because I think only actually, only like 20% of that book is actually sexual positions. Oh, really? Okay. Right? Yeah. In fact, that's what I'm reading right now. Okay. I um, thought it was like a whole Bible full of sexual positions. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I think. Why doesn't think- the Christian church have one of these? Like. Well, that's a great question. You see? No, I'm right. not even joking, dude. I'm not even joking. Why don't we why why again do we have to go to another source outside of Christianity in order to experience sexual intimacy, right? right? right like right. why is that even why does that even have to be a suggestion that that man has to make? Well, because we don't really have a lot of answers for that, right? Because right. for so long, we've just taught, you know, which I believe in, you know, sex before marriage, all this stuff, and have really put a lot of shame on sex, which is another reason why people go other routes, because, you know, sex is a beautiful thing, and sex is a very intimate thing, and how we worship and experience worship through, you know, person we've committed our life to. Um, but so that question, right? You just asked. Absolutely. I think th- so. This is this is. I guess the whole point of this conversation, which I feel like maybe we're getting at to in some ways, is that like instead of like being triggered by all of these things, like I think we as a church can like instead think about how can we provide those things in our own context right in in our belief systems because the thing is people are looking for inner peace people are looking for and and they're not only just looking for it in a person they're also looking for it in terms of practical ways right because let's be honest right we can say we can say that jesus brings inner peace jesus brings and he does absolutely but okay how right 
yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. through faith, all this stuff. But like, okay, great, I get that. But I'm still really struggling. I'm still really trapped in my head. I'm still really no, no, just believe in Jesus. Okay, but how? What does that mean? You just have to believe in Jesus. Yeah, but how? Um, uh, just believe in Jesus. Okay, I don't think that that's not working for me, dude. So I'm gonna go explore this. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of like, how can we meditate through prayer? How can we, you know, I think we just need to like, I don't know, I'm speaking for myself. This is um, what I'm realizing right now as I'm speaking. But um, does that make sense? Yeah, it's really, it's really good. And I would imagine that if we get to the root of any sort of benefit in regards to meditation or yoga, and if there's any sort of beneficial um, fruit to any of these practices, then that would take it back to a truth that we could find to be biblical. It's just we need to come up with a methodology um, to engage with this uh, in Christ. And I like what you said right off, right at the very beginning. We, we got to stop separating the secular from the spiritual and realize that we are in Christ, that we are, you know, that he is in us. And because this whole idea of, of yoga and the definition of it, of being in union with God, that's our truth. Like yeah, that is exactly that's ours. Like that got that got taken from our book, you know. And so for us to begin practicing, we don't have to take yoga and adapt it. I don't think. But I think for us to be able to say this is our truth. Like if there is something beneficial, then it takes it back to a truth. Find that truth within yes. the Bible, and then realize that you're being empowered in Christ to discover a greater benefit than than and than anything that's being tapped or reformed or reframed through a, through some sort of ulterior spiritual route, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and the best thing about Christianity, right, is this idea that you cannot earn it through your own will and through your own achieving, right? Which goes back to this whole idea of Christ consciousness, achieving Christ consciousness. And dude, if you talk to someone long enough, no one at least unless they're just a complete narcissist. No one is going to actually blatantly say, oh yeah, I believe I can become God. I believe I can be perfect. I believe that I'm without uh, fault. Everyone knows that about themselves at some deep level. And there's only one answer to that. And it's Jesus. Yeah, come on, come on. You know, you're never going to work you're never going to earn your salvation, period. We're human. Yeah, yeah. Alex, I was going to ask you, through this whole journey that you've been on, you just did a, a recent um, podcast um, with, with, uh, with your co-host, the guy that started the podcast with you, where, uh-huh. he, where he was basically kind of like he interviewed you, which is something that you guys don't really do, and, and he was asking you some pretty direct questions regarding – kind of your spiritual switch up <laughs> mm. um, into Christianity. And you could tell that it's not necessarily his deal, but he was trying to really, he was trying to understand what are, what are you doing and why are you doing this? And, um, and can we still be friends? <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like what I was reading into the conversation, but you, you did this, you did this in order to, to take the conversation public to your whole, to your whole tribe. My question is like, how did that play out? What's what's the response been to um, to your decision to start following Jesus? Yeah, I mean, I will say that I was really nervous about having that conversation 
just because when you call yourself a Christian, you're entering into a lot of uh, stereotypes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And frankly, not a lot of good ones. Right. That's true. <laughs> and it's you know, if you look at those stats, which you were referring to, why people leave the church? Well, it's because of judgment. It's because they don't feel like they belong. It's because they feel like um, it's super exclusive. It's all those things that we know Christianity can tend to be sometimes. Yeah. And I wanted nothing to do with that for so long. And yet now, right, and this is what so many of us are working for and working against, right? People like Todd White and all of us, like redefining Christianity. Yeah. You know, it is a language of love. It is the religion of love, you know. Anyways, so being, so uh, the response was not like, oh, I'm never listening to Alex again. It was actually like, this is really interesting. Like, what? I've never heard someone talk about Jesus like that. Whoa. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, like, I've had a lot of conversations with people now. Um, and I'm just, asking a lot of questions they're asking me a lot of questions i'm asking them a lot of questions wow. right wow. because i remember where i was like again my wife my fiance at this time before i came back to christ super christian very 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 um just grounded in christ and saw this whole journey right and knew sort of what i was engaging with but just loved me through it all wow and the reason I came back to Christ was because of that in wow. many, many ways, right? Wow. wow. And she didn't know. She didn't have assurance. But, and it also wasn't like a constant thing of her trying to persuade me in some ways, right? Sure. Um, and so I've learned that like, that was super effective, you know? And when you just can... Get, when renewing the mind, I keep coming back to that. Like when you can help someone renew their mind and understand what they believe may not be what they thought it was, things start changing, right? Even in terms of Jesus, like what you believe about Jesus is probably not the real Jesus that I know, right? That we know from the gospels, right? Like, because the, the truth is, man, so many people outside of Christianity, Deepak Chopra, right? He's written a book about Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. his whole book about Jesus is how Jesus attained Christ consciousness. And he basically just, if you don't have an understanding of the Bible, he's an amazing writer, right? You're sure. going to believe what he says. Sure. You're going to believe that when Paul said this, he really meant that and that, da, 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 da. And some, uh, I'm not going to go there, but some <laughs> Christian people in our space are even starting to do this kind of stuff now, you know? So... My point being is that some people have the craziest ideas about who Jesus is, and they've never even read the Bible. And they're so convinced that this is who Jesus is, and they've never even opened up the Bible. And so that alone is just an entry point with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, again, instead of like condemning and pushing away, I'm just like trying to find entry points. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I just have one more question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and we can make it. Make, we can make it quick. But, okay, bro, you were you were a licensed hypnotist. Uh huh. That's crazy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's my question: Like, can you be a Christian 
and hypnotize people? Um, I would say many Christians are hypnotizing people and they don't realize it. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now, again, I for me, it all comes down to intent, right? Intent yeah. is prior to content. So like, what is the reasoning why you're asking that? You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is an example of this. And so hypnosis is really, a, and I don't do that, by the way, anymore. Okay. I don't. Sure, th- sure. But again, for me, it was all about what tools, what things can I learn to fix myself, right? Yeah. To become perfect, to become sort of this ascended person, which I didn't have language for that ascended thing until very later, like in my sort of uh, journey, my seeking. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and was it kind of like a like a soul healing tool that you wanted to add to help others as well? Like, was that part of your... No, for me, how, how hypnosis began was just this understanding that, you know, scientifically, we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, okay. right? As in right now, your body, you're breathing, right? But yeah. you're not thinking, oh, I have to breathe now. Oh, I have to breathe now. Oh, I have to breathe now. Right. You're not thinking about that. There are unconscious processes that are happening inside of your reality, right? That you're not even aware of. Right, right. So... Essentially, um, we, oh man, and I can't remember all the stats on this, but we filter out, like, we see things through a filter, right? So, in our reality, in a sense. So, our brains are constantly filtering out about nine out of ten things so that we can focus on, like, one thing, right? Yep. But that doesn't mean it's not aware of those ten things, it just means it's filtering it out, right? The conscious mind is filtering out that subconscious processes that are happening. Okay. So a lot of times, and I actually do, do believe this, a lot of times traumas are stored in a subconscious realm. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Like in, in the sort of subconscious mind, right? Like if you've gone through something really traumatic as a child or something like that, you may have repressed that memory yeah. as in you can't consciously remember it, but your subconscious Absolutely. still has a memory of it. Absolutely. So hypnosis is actually very, very similar to meditation. And that's what I discovered. Um, Hypnosis is extremely similar to meditation because the point of hypnosis is accessing those subconscious realms. So going deeper into those subconscious, you know, realms where you essentially um, can reprogram your subconscious mind in order for it to have a more positive conscious effect. And you can do that. Sense? Yeah. And you could do that to yourself. Like you, you, could, you could hypnotize you, yourself there and are ways, your own. Well, that's the theory, right? There okay. are ways that you, you can do self hypnosis as well, but generally hypnosis is done with like, you know, I would be the hypnotist. I would put you into a very subconscious state and then I would tell you things, I would basically speak to your subconscious mind to then redirect the patterns of your conscious mind. As wow. in, let me give you a really practical example, right? Okay. Someone has a fear of flying. Like, or let's even take it more general than that. They have a fear of going outside. Okay. Completely irrational fear. Completely irrational. But somewhere in their subconscious, it's linked to something, right? Right. So a hypnotist would put them in a subconscious state, and a lot of times, they'll actually tell stories. 
They'll tell a story that the subconscious mind can listen to because, you know, okay, you know, people oftentimes say, you know, oh, a demon's manifesting in someone because you can see this like shift in their state. Sure. You know, yeah. Well, a lot of times that's just the conscious mind getting super triggered. Right. So so if you were to say like to this conscious person, right, I'm going to put you outside right now, their conscious mind's going to get super triggered. Right. It's going to put a guard up. Right. Right. But if you get them in a super relaxed, unconscious, subconscious state, and you tell them this beautiful story about how some character, right, like went outside and, you know, saw the beautiful trees and all this stuff, and then, and so you can too go outside, you know, or something stupid like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the conscious mind isn't triggered, because you're not talking about that person, you know what I mean? And, um... In some ways, then, the mind learns subconsciously that it's okay to go outside. And so when they come out of that sort of hypnotic state, that fear is no longer there. So the subconscious state and leading somebody into the subconscious state where it's almost like they're like asleep, right? Sort of. Uh, it's like It's like being awake but you're asleep and that's it's hard to describe but that's sort of like what meditation is like so like very you can be very aware of what's going on but remember how i was saying there's four different brain states yeah you know that you know that state where like when you're sleeping like right before you go to sleep yeah you know you're sort of like in that like really like oh but you're like still aware of stuff but you're not like completely asleep right that would be that state (laughs) and so when when a hypnotist takes somebody into that state, they're doing it just through natural training that they've received versus it's not necessarily some sort of supernatural, demonic, inducing kind of thing that they're doing. No, but some people can then turn hypnosis into some kind of spiritual, you know, rebirthing, mapping process. Like, you can take any kind of thing you've learned, right, and put your own twist on it. And so sure, that is sure. a lot of times what people are doing. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that what pre like, okay, let me put it this way. A lot of times when people go to church, if they're outside of the church and they haven't been in church ever really or whatever, right. they actually feel super uncomfortable because they feel like everyone's in a hypnotic state. Oh, really? Because in some ways they actually are. Okay. So, you know, a hypnotic state, it's, it's an altered state of consciousness, okay. right? So, you know, like when you just get into that pocket of the room and just like it feels like everyone's there with you and they're just like there with you. Well, dude, you're you are affecting their subconscious reality like you are. You're embedding commands. You're like, you know, an an embedded command means like, um, you know, and, and follow Christ or whatever. You know, that's like that is speaking to their subconscious, you know, follow Christ. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's fascinating not, because yeah i'll open up a whole nother realm but um no, what man, i'm saying is, is that people are super scared of it when they don't realize that they're actually doing it to people unconsciously fascinating right so hypnosis is sort of becoming conscious of the unconscious yeah that, that would be a good way to describe it no that's absolutely fascinating like when i'm making declarations and stuff like we'll do that in our in our culture like, you know, yep. I, dec- I decree life over you. I declare joy over you, peace over you. Uh, I am doing it as a, uh, 
declaring it in the spirit, believing that whatever yep. spiritual resistance will submit to the authority of Christ Jesus to the degree that the person's willing for that to take place. But I also am aware that that is also a subconscious reprogramming to the degree that they are willing to honor it. And yes. so just coming yeah. from your, from your perspective that, um, yeah, it's fascinating, man. Just the, just the language and also just also the, the reality of, of what's actually taking place in the subconscious. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and this is the thing, right? It's super interesting, and <laughs> and it's like this rabbit hole that never ends, right, you right. know. And so that's why for me, it's like, yeah, I'm aware of all these things, all these things, but am I consciously like trying to put someone in a hypnotic state anymore? No, I'm just letting the Holy Spirit speak through me and letting Jesus out and seeing what happens. And that's again why I kind of say like, all truth is God's truth, right? So the process of hypnosis is a more of a sort of scientific, and some people say pseudoscientific, but it's more of like a scientific process that happens, right? And so, okay, cool. Now, if I take that sort of scientific process and then try to turn it into this spiritual thing that has nothing to do with Christ and that's trying to make someone more spiritual, well, then, yeah, that might be problematic, Right. Yeah. yeah. And so if I'm trying to use hip- right? Yeah, and if I'm trying to use hypnosis as a way to um free someone, right? From like free someone and birth them into a new spiritual reality, well then that's that's not that's not really it either. You know what I mean? But what you're saying is that um that there's you know, if it's if it's this scientific practice to take your mind into a certain kind of state where it can open up and that uh that there is a part of hypnotism that is redeemable. Yeah, possibly. And again, I, I'm not suggesting people do it or learn it or, or right, go right, out right. and seek it, but I'm just saying like, it's funny that we want to be like all these hypnotists and whatever, not realizing that we're actually doing many of the same things they're doing. We just don't realize it because we haven't been trained in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if a hypnotist, if a hypnotist were to walk in and sit down at one of your services, one of our he, meetings, he could probably talk to you after and be like, "Hey, this is what you were doing. Da 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 da. da. That was extremely hypnotic. That was really interesting." <laughs> and for you, right? I'm not saying you would do this, but for right. someone to be like, "I'm not a hypnotist," la 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 la, like, what the heck? It was like, oh no, no, I was just trying to tell you, like. That that's that's interesting because that's actually kind of what we do. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, and this all is truth is God's truth, you know? Yeah, because I've never I've never heard a conversation on hypnotism regarding this kind of regarding this kind of arena. I've seen it played yeah. out. I've seen it played out know. on TV and different magicians that do this that, and the other. But I've never I've never actually heard a conversation regarding what it actually is. Uh, so yeah. so th- therefore, th- all there is is. A lot of a lot of concern, right? Sure. And it, yeah, it, yeah. And the other thing I will say is there's different kinds of hypnosis, just like there's kinds different kinds of hip of uh, meditation. So stage hypnosis is very different than therapeutic hypnosis, like hypnosis used for therapeutic means, which is which was really like the intent of hypnosis, sort of. Again, dealing with fears, dealing with phobias, dealing with whatever. So. You know, we believe that all that can be cured through Christ Jesus, and I do believe that. But the ways that we actually go about it sometimes are actually similar to the ways that hypnotists go about it. 
right? So a hypnotist may be able to uh, get rid of that fear or phobia for someone um, by using embedded commands or getting them into this altered state of consciousness where they're, you know, where the thing leaves. But are they going to be able to solve their spiritual problem that actually maybe brought it about? Probably not. Yeah, it when you see stage hypnotism, it seems like, man, you could really jack someone up. Like when you, oh, yeah. see, well, it's like yeah. uh, office space, right? Where the, where, where the <laughs> hypnotist dies and all of a sudden he like, he just quits carrying and like, <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden, Oh, oh no, this guy thinks he's going to be a rooster for the rest of his life. Right. Like, and that's where it's like, it's crazy, you know, and I don't know if those are just exaggerated kind of things, but to think that the mind is that programmable, and that susceptible to influence is absolutely um, eye-opening and some- yes. and somewhat terrifying to think that it's possible for music, movies, uh, di- you oh, know, yeah. different things to 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 bring that kind of influence without Dude, us realizing it. That's a perfect example. Best way to describe hypnosis: when you're watching a movie, all of a sudden you forget you're at the movies and you just get totally sucked into that movie. You were in a hypnotic state wow. when you were watching that movie. Wow. Have you ever driven home and all of a sudden you're just home and you're like, how did I get home? Right. Right? You're, sub, you're in a hypnotic state because your subconscious knew exactly what to do. It knew the route. It didn't need to think. And so you were able to go into this hypnotic state. You arrived home and you suddenly realized, oh, wow, I'm home. So the thing is, we're always in hypnotic states. We're always entering into in and out of hypnotic states, right? Yeah. Now, as Christians, we might, well, no, that's just what it is. It's just a hypnotic state, right? So the only difference is hypnotists know how to sort of maneuver that. They know how to kind of like pull levers to make someone go into that. But the interesting thing is, is that uh, it really also depends on the participant's willingness to go. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. As in some people, like hip hypnosis is just not effective because they're 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 so they cannot let go of their conscious mind at all. You know what I mean? They're just so stuck there. Um. So, so anyways, so that's, for for a magician or whatever, they know how to they they know the kind of person that they're going to pick out of the audience. Yes, they'll do little tricks before, like they'll they'll have they'll they can see who's um reacting to the sort of things that they're they have like little tricks to see who's reacting and then based on like like for instance one of the things is like they'll tell you to close your eyes and they'll have you imagine you know a balloon is tied to your hand or something like that and you know just imagine that and some people's arms will just naturally start rising right and so they'll be so they'll pick on those people because they know that those people are super wow. suggestive. Wow, wow. And what I'm trying to say, dude, is this is the reason why I'm I'm just gonna be completely honest. This yeah. is the reason why also like super Pentecostalism and, and super charismatic churches have gotten into trouble because they'll implore the same tactics. Yeah sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. not not as blatantly as like, but you can tell, and I'm sure you can, Darren. Yep, yeah. Like when someone's super like responsive and it's like, Oh, that person come up here or you come up here or you, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, so it's just interesting to, to be aware, um, of all these things and to really just come to like, and really just 
be focused on finding the truth in it all you know it's really good which is really really which is of course impossible for us to ever do because only god can do that i believe but to to not be like fooled by our own sort of delusions as well does that make sense yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah it's really good alex it's just not black and white that's my point i think with all this episode right like it's just so easy to be like, this is demonic, this isn't, I'll just cast it out. It's just not that, I don't think it, it's that simple, you know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people want. People, that's what people want. People want to be told, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And then once you come to that place, then you can begin judging other people who are making their own choices to do this. You know, you can judge them because you were told by somebody else, you know, um, uh, uh Versus, like you said, like a lot of this stuff, it it's it's not it's not that cut and dry. Um, and, and like, why can't we just accept that and lean into that? You know, because that's really what. Again, like if you give people the truth, right? Like, oh, you think meditation is just like a black and white thing? It's not. It's way more complicated than that. What do you mean? Oh well, let me tell you. I had no idea, you know? (laughs) Well, I also think it's like the Pharisee that went to Jesus and was like, all right, so give me the answer. Like, what's the greatest of all the commandments? Like, he's like, you know, just like, like, what's, 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 what's the commandment? And Jesus was like, um, all right, I'm going to sum it all up. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sum up all the laws, all the prophets. I'm going to take everything that you know and sum it up with this, that you love God with everything you are. And then you love your brother as you love yourself. And um, and I think that we can kind of frame up this conversation in the same way is like if you're looking for the answer in all of this stuff, it's that you love God with everything you are, that you're absolutely so submitted to the Lord that if you're in error, he's going to speak to you. And it's just an easy adjustment. It's easy repentance. It's just coming up into a new perspective like, oops, all right, I'm going to make the adjustment, you know, versus being like the Pharisee and trying to find the formula. You know, trying to find the mathematical formula yeah, exactly. versus like realizing like, no, it's out of intimacy with Christ. It's out of full, it's from our union with Christ Jesus that we're living life, loving God, loving people. We're exercising, we're being healthy, making wise choices, um, reaching out to people that are in dark, dark, dark places without being afraid that we're going to catch a demon like you can catch a cold, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Because is that freedom? No. Right. It's really not, right. you know? And the, the point of that is, yeah, we're meant, we're called to love others, right, who are not like us. And I constantly go back to Jesus saying, I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sinners. Like, I just constantly think about wow. that. I didn't wow. come for the righteous, I came for the sinners. And it's like, we're just running away from the sinners a lot of times, you know, because wow. we're scared they're going to, like, bleed onto us or something <laughs> when Jesus bled for them. Wow. You know, man, Alex, this has been awesome. Th- thanks again for, uh, for, for, sculpt- for sculpting <laughs> oh, out man. this much of your day uh, to hang out like- with me and to dive into all these, you know, some of these things are th- were things that people are asking me like regarding yoga and whatever else. But a lot of these things are just conversations that I've had. It's been interesting, bro. Like just like, like I just got, I've had all these encounters with, with new agers and with spiritual seekers, not because of the radio show, but just because I think that 
I'm learning to love a new community and now the Lord is honoring me with encounters with these people. And so because of that, I'm just trying to seek out more understanding. So I know where they're, where they're coming from and that I can be really honoring in how I'm presenting the gospel to them without just, you know, without just being like, you got a demon, ah! you know? <laughs> yeah, we have to meet people where they're at. We just have to.